Welcome to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 141. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. Um, recently, a kicker from Vanderbilt, Sarah Fuller. Um, let me go ahead and get the article to shed some more light on this. All right. Let's see here. Sarah Fuller became the first woman to play in a Power 5 football game on Saturday when she delivered an opening kick of the second half of Vanderbilt against Missouri. Fuller, a senior goalkeeper on Vanderbilt's SEC championship soccer team, sent the low kick to the 35-yard line where it was downed by Missouri. Uh, Vanderbilt coach Derek Mason said Fuller executed the, the so-called squid kick exactly as it was designed. Honestly, it's, it's just so exciting, Fuller said, after the team's 41-0 loss. God damn, I know they lost that bad. Uh, <laughs> the fact that I can represent all the girls out there that have wanted to do this or thought about playing football or any, any sport really. And it encourages them uh, to be able to step out and do something big like this. It's awesome. All right. Um, here's my, my uh, uh, perspective on this. I think it's awesome for women to be in male spaces in regards to a male dominated space. Well, regardless of what it is. Right. But my only thing is I want women to do the same or better than us in those spaces. That's just my personal opinion. Um, the kick was not great. I'll be honest. It was not a great kick. And I know, Jesus Christ, why did you literally freaking just phone, said, hey, man? I'm going to turn my phone off. I did, no, I didn't. I can't turn it off because I need the data. Not off, but, but I, yeah, it's I'm on vibrate or something. What the fuck? <laughs> I have it all the way off, dude. I have it all the way over to the left. Vibration, vibration, the haptics. Oh, turn that off. Yeah. There it is. Okay. We ain't got to worry about that anymore. But yeah, my my thing is, is I don't, it's not so much I don't mind. I think it's great for women to be in male spaces or male dominated spaces, but I don't ever want them to do less than us because if they do less than us, it's opening up room for those sexist men to be like, see, I told you they couldn't do it. Yeah. I told you they couldn't do it. I want women to do well. I want them to to excel at whatever it is Mm -hmm. but when you kick a shitty kick i'm gonna be like hey that wasn't a great fucking kick yeah yeah i think there's a little bit of that uh participation award going on here yeah um the only reason she really got in is because they were getting blown out yeah (laughs) and then she and it's kind of weird because she's super excited about being the first female to do that and then you know their their team lost right so it's kind of like it's kind of like where your where your real morals at. You know, this is the ultimate team sport, and you celebrating something as y'all got you know y'all ass whooped. You know what I mean? Forty one so, to nothing. Yeah. So, um, and then it's it just it's uh it's one of those things where sh- she just didn't really do anything. I, I could understand if she kicked a field goal or yeah she did something like that, but the way that they were talking about it on the TV it was just like, oh my gosh, this is history. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad to be a part of it. The first right. woman to do this. Um, and it's just like, Bro. we, we've both played with female kickers in high school. Yeah. I these, didn't, I didn't. Oh yeah. You, you did, she was yeah. young. She was a year younger than you. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I play with the with the female kicker, and they actually kick field goals, and right. you know, they did the whole nine, right, right, not you know kick a squib kick when you're up forty forty or down forty one points, right, you know? right, that's, right. That's that's to me that's more uh, to be applauded than right. this this girl, and it's just like 
It's just regular. Right. You know what I want? I want a woman that could really kick the fuck out of the ball because I know there's a lot of them. I want a woman that can kick the shit out of the ball to actually get an opportunity and really make like I want a starting kicker, starting female kicker in the NFL. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Right. We're not shitting on this girl saying, oh, she's not important. We're not saying that. I think it's, you know, there's mile. It's a milestone. Right. She's the first woman. To, 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 to reach this milestone This mm-hmm. specific one But the, the point me and Keith are trying to make Is that there are women that are doing greater things Than this Yeah, To me, to me I, I don't know How um, How it goes but I think it's a desire Thing first and foremost Because yeah. she plays her first sport is soccer Exactly um, But I think it's also a power thing Because True. you know in order to be a, a a D1 kicker and an NFL kicker, you need the power and then you also need the accuracy. 100%. So if you, if you, if the longest field goal you could kick is like 30 yards, but you're really accurate, you're probably not going to get the job because, right. you know, if your, if your offense is not moving the ball that well, they're going to need to kick a 45 yard field goal or maybe a 50 yard field goal sometimes. Right. So that's the only uh, hard part. But um, I know sometimes, like uh, my friend Craig McMahon, he went to USC. And he wasn't the starting kicker, but every now and then he would do kickoffs. Um, he never really kicked field goals, but he would do the kickoffs sometimes in right. place of the other kicker. Kicker, so even that would be dope, you know what I mean? But they just right. kind of like threw her in there, and you know how you know how it is when you're not necessarily a starter, and the coaches is just like done with the game. They know there's no way that you could either come back or that the other team could could win. Yeah, and they just start throwing in people, and right. they probably was just like they probably weren't even thinking about it that yeah, much. Probably, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, I, I think it would. I think it would be dope, man. I, what I would love to see is a dominant football team. I want to see a dominant football program with a female kicker. I think that would be fucking dope. If you got Florida State with a woman kicker, you got like USC with a female kicker, and that would hype the team up so much. You know, imagine if a woman is kicking clutch field goals yeah. when to win games. Yeah. Like that's a real thing. This could really fucking happen. Yeah. And I really want to see it, but I I cannot get crazy and go all nuts for a girl that kicked a 20-something yard fucking squib kick, man. Yeah. I can't. If the goal is equality, you cannot be mad at what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't be mad at what I'm saying because I mentioned, I, I prefaced what I said, that I want women to do the same or better than us. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to get in this space, do at least the same as the guys or better. But if you're doing less, you're going to be making a point for all the sexist men that are like, yeah, she can't do it. See, I told you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, But... There's a subtopic that's that's I'm going to tie all of it in. Um, it was an article I seen earlier in the week, right? Since we're on the topic of women. And it talked about, you know, is a woman capable of being a president, right? Mm-hmm. Is she capable of being the leader of the free world? And I thought about it and it just the whole take that they had was just bullshit. It was it was just really dumb. And and what's crazy is they, is they mentioned, you know, women's emotions, you know, the same old played out shit. Mm-hmm. Now, women are definitely fucking emotional. We know this. However, yeah. men have are very emotional also yeah. just in different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the, the fucking last president we had. This motherfucker couldn't stay off Twitter. He's on Twitter like a 15 year old, uh, a 15 year old teenager, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, if you're going to keep using that excuse, that's a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um and also, there was a time in America during World War II where men went to fight abroad and women literally held the whole fucking economy together. Mm-hmm. 
You know, women were creating submarines and warplanes and motherfucking ammunition, and they were questioned, hey, can they do this job? And they did the job. Yeah. And they did it great. Yeah. And we needed them to do the job. They literally held the country together and they got paid less than men to do the same fucking job. Yeah. So women jumped over that hurdle. So you mean to tell me that they can't be the president of the United States? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those things. That's just such an old it's ancient out. dinosaur way of thinking. Right. I mean, we've seen um uh, women in you know higher positions, whether it's running businesses or I was thinking nasty for a second there. Wait, what? You said I've seen them in higher positions, and I was like, what, oh. what positions are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> keep going, Keith. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but you know CEOs and even women that are like showrunners, and a, a lot of the 100 a lot of our favorite shows are curated by women exactly um, you know being power and mm-hmm. insecure and in, in a lot of these shows that we see on tv the shy no not the shy is it um it is shy, shy yeah lena way lena way yeah uh-huh. i don't yeah exactly she she's a creator of that show so mm-hmm. the and these people are manning um no pun intended small businesses you yeah. know what i mean so and I believe, like, I feel like the present, the presidency is only magnified. Like, right. it's, you know, like if you're say, you know, our podcast is a business and you and I are the, the president or vice president or whatever. And we're we're running this small business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only magnified on the presidential level. You know, what I mean? you're dealing with a lot more things. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's a similar, similar, right. similar role. Um, so. When, uh, women can do anything like uh, outside of kicking in college football. <laughs> no, just play. But uh, <laughs> but also like it's it's strange to think that way. Um, even especially in the black community, knowing right. how strong like our parents are, right? You know, right. as far as like you know the women's role in in the black community, and right. especially not only the mom, the mom but the grandma as well. Yeah. Um. So. You know, for a woman to be able to raise a black man, it's probably one of the hardest things in the world. Um, so, you know, I feel like just that just goes to say, like, I feel like women can do pretty much anything. Yeah, man. I think that what 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 when I hear, you know, um, when I read these little fucking blogs or whatever that talk about, you know, women, you know, are they capable? Because, you know, the emotions and women do this and all. It's like this very uh, antiquated way of. Yeah thinking where it's like this is not 1920 man mm-hmm. you know and by the way like th- there's been questions about what women could do and they rose to the occasion but i will say this is also true is that we're better at things than they are and they're better at things than we are that's a reality we need to face yeah so when you say women could do anything okay they can but can they do it good men can do anything but can they always do it good and they're going to be better at things than we are and sometimes having emotions is as a good thing, right? It means you're um, human. Yeah. Not only that, I mean, like just having empathy or sympathy towards right. you know, other people. Because sometimes, as as men, you know, let's say in something in the presidency where there may be some foreign war or something like that, and as a guy may be like, man, you know, that's not that big of a deal. But a woman may be like, yo, like let's figure out how to, yeah. you know fix what's going on over there without being so intrusive and true. all these kind of things. So that's very true, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, um, I, that I don't want to beat this conversation over the head, but 
Yeah, I just think that as men, I think we got to update our programming. I think that, uh, you know, and I think that women also need to be, I'm not saying be more realistic, but also understand that when you get in these certain male dominated spaces, you may not do as well as you think you will. Yeah, that's just that's just the thing. And it's and it doesn't mean you're less than it just means you're better at things than we are. And we're better at things than you are. I'm not trying to even be politically correct. It's the fucking truth. Yeah, <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that women do comparable, especially anything intellectual. Right. Nurses. Yeah, we're right. We're right nurses. there. Mm-hmm. Um, even like in like sports uh, debates and stuff like that, there are women that a lot of these networks pick that are probably uh, the best, the best commentator that looks the best. Mm, but yeah. There are women out there that have a lot of knowledge about sports yes. and they could, you know, they could run you out of a room if they 100%. if you get in a sports debate with them. Um, so women, you know, the the only limitations come in, in the physical, you know, in the physical aspect. But yeah. as far as like being a leader, all these things, um, they're they're right there. Like I mean, look look at the women's US soccer team versus the men. Like the women's US soccer team is probably a little bit more popular than Definitely. than the men's team. So there has to be some sort of leadership. Tennis, pretty much almost the same thing too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Women's tennis, I can really and not I'm talking about just leadership. And oh, tennis right. isn't you don't really have leadership because you just it's a solo act. No, but, but what I true. But what I mean is in regards to popularity or yeah. uh, just the, the the matches, I think that and this is more of an opinion, I guess, but mm-hmm. I feel like women's tennis is a little more captivating in a way. Yeah. You know, the, the top. You got booties bouncing around when you're hitting the rack, hitting the ball. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, <laughs> their athleticism and. Uh, nah. <laughs> 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 nah, but, you know, some of the top, top players that are recognized in tennis are usually, you know, women. It was yeah. Maria Sharapova one time, definitely Venus and Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what's the other one? Uh, uh, Na- uh, Naomi uh, Agasaki or uh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Some newer, some newer girls. Yeah, she's like Asian and black. Yeah, yeah. So these top tennis is, is a lot of them are women. Yeah. So they get in mixed martial arts is another one. Ronda Rousey was pound for pound the best fighter in MMA at one time. People forget. Yeah. And the best fighter in MMA right now, pound for pound, is a woman. Uh-huh. It's Amanda Nunes. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I think that women get their just due in mm-hmm. some ways and a lot of times, a lot of ways they still don't. Yeah. I feel like also if you are, uh, who, who knows who wrote that article, um, but that person why wouldn't you want to empower if you do have a daughter or something or a there niece you go. or whatever? Why wouldn't you want to empower them? Right. You know, I feel like I would never tell my niece like, oh, you can you can do almost everything, but there's not the president. You know, you can't really be the president. You yeah, know? that's you not could cool. Do, you could do everything else. You can play soccer. You can play sports. But just, you know, don't really strive to be the president. Yeah, don't do that. You definitely don't want to do that to your daughter. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think the biggest slap in the face or the biggest or the most. The, the the most contradictory thing you could do is talk about like you know yeah when well, we can't have a woman president you know we can't have Kamala Harris or you know we can't have so and so or we can't have Hillary we can't women just won't get the job done right but then you have a daughter and be like baby I love you you can do anything you're the most beautiful girl in the world mm-hmm. so what do you what do you really fucking mean man like yeah. what do you, like are you lying to your daughter yeah so yeah man I don't even know if they would say that though what do you mean. If you truly believe a woman couldn't be a good president, you might not tell your daughter she can do anything. Yeah, you would if you're a fucking liar. 
Yeah. If you if you only because this is what people do they they walk both sides of the line mm-hmm. they will they will say how they feel amongst adults and that's how they really feel but then to their kids they'll turn around it's almost like a do as I say not as I do except it's involving parenting mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, where people and it, 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 there's like a lot of like in certain ways I'm polar opposites with my dad yeah like there's certain situations where it'll be like women on uh, whatever sports show like what's going on with all these women on these sports shows I was like I don't see a problem with it. He'd be like, but they don't, I don't think they know sports. I was like, well, evidently they do, you know, (laughs) they got a job on there. They definitely got a job. And I was like, and and then there's some that don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but there's also men that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's a pain in that. It's a pain in the head to listen to Booger McFarlane. That guy is, oh my goodness. Um, Booger McFarlane used to play D tackle for the, the Buccaneers, but he started doing commentating and he makes some of the dumbest fucking points ever. What channel was he on? Uh, I think he was on Fox. He'll say something like, I mean, if the receiver catch the ball and bring it in, he could get a touchdown. He'd be like, <laughs> no shit, motherfucker. Can you make a better point than this? Damn. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, but there's certain, there's certain. Um, I don't want to drop no names, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a huge fan of Molly oh, Karen. Yeah. Oh, you looked him yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Molly. They got a bunch of memes of him. <laughs> yeah. Making them dumbass points. I'm not a huge fan of Molly Karen. Sometimes she says things that just don't make any sense at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't. She's she's one of those ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she looks the best. <laughs> Let's get her the job. Just turn around for me. Just turn around. Oh yeah, you got it. You got the jobs. Yeah, they need to stop. It. They need to keep these women out of the spaces. I'm I'm sorry. The women that have the most knowledge, that are the smartest, deserve the jobs. Not the woman with the nicest tits. Not the woman that's the most prettiest with the nicest body. The woman with the most qualifying knowledge needs that job. Mm-hmm. Because that pushes women forward. Yeah. Not, not not this, you know, sexualizing because men want to see good looking women on TV. So let's get the good looking. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Stop doing shit for ratings and get the most qualified women in these spaces so they could actually. Because you just make real sports fans mad. Yeah, because they got real sports fans that ain't tripping off a woman's tits every five minutes. They're like, yo, that chick's annoying. Get her out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there. I forgot her name. She does NFL. It's the black woman. She's really fucking good. Damn it. I forgot her name. Her and then there's an older, a older white woman that mm-hmm. they both do it. They're mm-hmm. really knowledgeable, really good. So we need more women like that in those spaces. Mm-hmm. All right. Another subtopic that goes kind of with this is um, how can we improve our relationships with women out in the world? Not, not even a romantic relationship. Just how could we as men, how could we better our relationships with women in workspaces, bit like business spaces um, and just in general? I was thinking about some things. One of them was like when women get in business settings and they have ideas and they want to say shit. If there's a room for the men, a lot of times the men have drowned her the fuck out. Barack Obama talked about that. Yeah, he was talking about that. And it's like, dog, that's fucked up. I think if she has a bullshit idea, then it's like, all right, whatever. We'll move on from that. But the fact that you would consider it to not be legit based on the fact that she's just a woman, that's just fucking inexcusable. Yeah, that is just inexcusable, man. If you got a bad, I'm all for equality, but I really mean it when I say it. Oh, okay, you mean that? Okay, that's a bullshit idea. Let's move on from that. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. But I'm sitting there listening, mm-hmm. giving everyone a chance. And I I know, you know, what women go through. And reg- I don't know exactly, but I have an idea what they go through in regarding being in male spaces and not being respected. So I'm going to be the guy sitting back listening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But a lot of dudes don't give a fuck. Yeah. Women have a lot to offer. I think that. Um, 
like we uh, recently just met this um, local aspiring filmmaker here in Bakersfield and mm-hmm. we, we met on Zoom and we just talked about a bunch of ideas and stuff like that. And there was, obviously she's a woman, but it was, there was no sort of like hierarchy or anything. Like her opinion mattered mm-hmm. just as much as anybody else in the meeting. So right. um, that's one of those things. And, and like I said, they have a lot to offer, even as far as like, our podcast and who knows like where it goes, but mm-hmm. maybe we have a production team or some women that are mm-hmm. uh, producing our show or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. And just having a different perspective is always good. Right. You know, maybe there's some topic that we have and maybe we say the wrong thing. Maybe we say something that's offensive, offensive to women or offensive to black women or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And they will be able to say like, Hey, you shouldn't say that. Or this mm-hmm. is, this is why that's wrong. And uh-huh. then we'll go from there. And it won't be something where it's like, Oh, who cares what you have to say? Because you're a woman. Right. We'll genuinely be listening to that. hundred percent. And then, you know, and then what it'll come down to is the same thing is from day one, me and Keith will look at it and see if it's a problem. And then, uh, if, the, if that person or her still has a problem, then, uh, she'll just still have a problem. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't do nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be like, hey, Keith, man, I, she said that we said this wrong. You'd be like, I really don't see the problem with it. I'll be like, all right, fuck it. Let's run it. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that That's one thing. Another thing is is, is the catcalling, right? Mm-hmm. What we have to understand as men is catcalling women is probably one of the most um, unnecessary rapey things you can do. You got to, men, you got to cut that shit out, man. Mm-hmm. You got to fucking cut it out. Because what do you expect? Right, if you're cat calling, damn girl, whoo, do, doing all that. What, you, what is she supposed to say? Like, all right, hey, um, I'm gonna come over there and suck your dick right now. Like, yeah. what is she supposed to do, and how is a woman supposed to respond to that? Yeah, like as a man, you gotta realize that shit is fucking corny. It's corny, man. You, and what's weird too is when you do that, and if let's say a woman responds to that, is that really the woman that you want? All right, that will respond to you whistling and cat calling. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You got to be smarter than that. So mm-hmm. that shit has to fucking stop. Because what happens is, is when that happens enough to women, they start questioning all of us. They think that we're all wanting to whistle at them. They think that we all want them. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been? Matter of fact, I had a, a situation yesterday, but it was different because I was in the gym and this girl was doing a workout really like improperly. Right. Um, and I just I just kind of ignored it. Because the chick had huge breasts, right? And look, I'm a man. So they're going to say, why are you bringing up the fact that she had big breasts? Because I'm heterosexual and I noticed her breast, <laughs> right? So I was just ignoring her because I didn't want to, you know, make her think I was trying to make a pass at her because I was really just wanting to work out. But I told her, I said, hey, um, you might want to move the seat up a little bit so you could actually isolate your chest on that movement. And then I just showed her, I said, hey, look at me, watch what I'm doing. So then I started doing it. She looked and said, okay. So then she did it and she was like, thank you. But she could tell that I wasn't trying to make a move on her. I think that we talked about this earlier, Keith, just because a woman is sexy or she's in our vicinity, we don't need to make a move on her. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no need to fucking do that. There's some men that have, have like an incapability. Like they have to try to fuck everything. Yeah. They got to try to make their like they have to try to make their presence known to every woman in the in the fucking world. Yeah. Just let women be, man. Yeah. You know, that you're going to have your time. Just relax, man. Mm-hmm. When you relax, I know this sounds terrible. What I'm about to say, but when you relax, that's when more of the organic like shit starts coming to you. Women start feeling more comfortable around you because you're not 
fucking hounding them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I think we have to change our relationship with women because, like you said, those few bad um, examples of of men. It's not a few. It's a lot. Those a lot. <laughs> I don't think the majority of men. Um, yeah, no, I'm not saying the majority. Or like cat calling. No, or something not like the majority, that. but it, it is a lot. But the number those those men that are <clears throat> doing those things, whether they're pressing up on women or whatever the case may be, right. I think that um, they just make it hot for the rest of our there you go our sex. You know right, what I mean? Right. So I think that we should we. And, you know, it, it ruins it for for the average man, right. because like you said, when you're when you're in the gym or may, maybe a girl has freaking toilet paper on her foot or something like that. And you may be like, hey, are you trying to get her attention? And she think you're trying to holler at there her. But in go. reality, you're just trying to tell her she got doo doo on her shoe. <laughs> um, I'm just like, fuck it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, but, shit foot. <laughs> 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 yeah. But it, it just sucks for for the average person. And it, it sucks for women also because they're they're all always weary of of um of men. And, you know, I've heard it from women telling me certain situations where, you know, they just wish that they can just walk by a group or a man without them saying something or, you know, <laughs> you know, acknowledge acknowledging a feature on their body or you know uh, what I mean? Just they just want they just want to be treated like humans. And I think that's uh-huh. that's my goal as far as like, you know, communicating with women, like they're not sexual objects. They're not walking vaginas. These are, right. you know, human beings with real emotions and real feelings. So true. we have to treat them as such. Yeah. yeah that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really ain't going to have a choice. It's just so many things that we need to work on. And by me saying all these things, I'm speaking from a man's perspective. There's definitely some fucking things women need to work on. But since we're talking about men, this is why I'm going to stay on topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to work on to stop being fake nice. A lot of men will act nice and do things just because they feel like there's a there's a prize at the end of the tunnel. Let me be very clear when I say this. Women don't owe us shit. They don't. They don't owe us nothing. They don't owe us pussy. They don't owe us trying to be friends. They don't owe us nothing. As long as you understand that, then then you really don't have a reason to be mad. I remember um, I was telling Keith about this earlier. Well, not earlier, but years ago, I was probably like 23. There was this chick I was talking to. And by the way, I was young. And I liked her a lot. And I was thinking like, man, why is she playing games, whatever. And then I just text her like, you know what? Just lose my number, right? Mm-hmm. That was unnecessary commentary. Yeah. Do you really think she gave a fuck that I told her to lose my number? Yeah. She didn't give a fuck. She probably was already talking to a different guy. Women don't owe you shit. If I've had situations where, you know, I like this girl a lot. She likes me a lot. And all of a sudden she just disappears. Mm-hmm. She never owed you shit to begin with. Yeah. She never owed you shit. She probably changed your name in her phone to annoying nigga. <laughs> <laughs> annoying nigga Eddie. <laughs> yeah. This is what folks and, and it also comes down to accepting rejection. Why do you a lot of women are too afraid to tell dudes that like, oh no, I'm not interested or whatever, because they have been they've received backlash from rejecting guys. Yeah, that's one thing too. Like, yeah. is, is a lot of men out there they they just don't know how to get rejected. They don't you know? know whether in person through text. Some people, some people get rejected through text, and then they still keep pressing. Like, yeah, like 
Yeah. Come on, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Just let me eat the booty. Come yeah. on, please. Come on, please, man. Yeah. I don't even got to stick the tip in. I just want to lick it. I don't even need it. I just want to lick that. Thing. <laughs> God damn, that's crazy. It's probably, I wonder if some guy ever said that before. He's like, come on, just give me a chance. I'll lick your booty. <laughs> booty eat motherfucker. That was an ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That, mm. that that definitely needs to stop, though. They, mm-hmm. You got to stop having these expectations from women. Yeah. When they don't owe you. That's not your wife. That's not your fiance. She doesn't owe you shit. And even then, she doesn't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something we really need to understand. Yeah. Um, what's another one? I had a really good one, too. Uh, I think I wrote it down. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Talked about the workplace. Talked about that. Talked about that. Um, yeah. In, in a nutshell, I think that um, as long as you start to notice these things, um, as men, you could improve the relationships with just the everyday woman out in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's this women that be thinking everybody want them, and we don't. Yeah, <laughs> we all don't. You'd be thinking like, girl, I, I was trying to I was trying to tell you that you got, um, you know, those things you put on the toilet, the toilet guard. Mm-hmm. I've seen a girl have one of them attacked, like attached to her butt one day walking around. Oh, wow. I was like, hey, hey, hey. And she just had this look like she was walking off. I was like, you got some on your back. Yeah. <laughs> you got some on your back. And she's like, uh, uh, oh, my God. And then she walked to the bathroom. But it's like she probably thought I was trying to fuck her. Yeah. It's sad. It's a sad world, man. Yeah, we gotta we gotta change our relationships, man. I it's uh it's a sad. I feel like I feel like even for the men that are out there and they want to learn how to communicate with women better or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, I think that's a lot of people's problems. Right. Like in some and some of those men are actually successful. Right. But I don't think you're gonna be able to really find um somebody that it's going to be long term with that approach, like, right? You know, hollering at every single female or catcalling women or whatever the case may be. I think if you really want to find something long term, you have to change your way, change your relationship with women. Because yeah, overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, it may be a, a case to where you find a woman that is the the way you find that long term that wife or whatever may be in a more organic space yeah organic self but you got to find yourself first though yeah like you know like I just said about myself right now and I talked about you know how I told a chick oh lose my number like you realize how immature and how childish mm-hmm. that was but not until you grow as a man do you see yeah. it yeah it's some motherfuckers that still do it like dog you in your thirties you have no excuse to be talking to women like that yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if a chick starts cussing me out and tripping on me, I don't even get mad. I'm like, all right, hey, you have a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's no point. What are you gonna? If you're yelling and screaming, I'm not saying a woman's not worth an argument, but if I'm yelling and screaming at a woman, what am I gonna do? Hit her? Yeah, I don't hit women mm-hmm. unless it's from the back. <laughs> so I would just peacefully just get the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Imagine if you get in an argument with a girl, she just turns around and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> you can't even be mad at one. <laughs> we just she just start throwing it back on me, man. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, here, here you go. She just start throwing it back. I don't know what happened. Like, did you call the police? Be like, nah. <laughs> funny. We just go lay down. Like, All right, I'm gonna argue with you tomorrow. <laughs> oh man, let's go ahead and move on. Switching gears. Um. Recently, Demi Lovato is facing backlash off of something she posted. 
she had a picture of her holding a turkey as like a pet and then thanksgiving day there was a picture of a cooked fucking turkey so all right, mm-hmm. Demi Lovato faces backlash online for cuddling pet turkeys at an animal animal sanctuary before roasting a bird of her own for for Thanksgiving. All right, and Demi Lovato uh, sent a few mixed messages on Thursday. The 28 year old singer showed off her prize roasted turkey as she made as she made sure to share it on uh, uh, her Thanksgiving dinner with millions of fans on Instagram. Followers were quick to question Demi's earlier involvement with an animal sanctuary where she was pictured cuddling a pet turkey before the holidays. Oh, wow. That's a big turkey, too. But the turkey looked nasty, though. Mm-hmm. Demi Lovato got that turkey looked like it went to rehab. But um, I, don't think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up with the turkey. Uh, Demi stood behind her camera while surveying the holiday feast with the caption. I'm thankful for all of you. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Um. Here's the deal, man. I, I think that what people need to understand is we talk about like toxic conservatives and toxic liberals. This is an example of the toxic liberal uh, behavior. Yeah. A lot of liberals believe they could care about everything. You fucking can't. OK, <laughs> you can't care about everything and you can't act like you care about everything. You held a turkey like it was a cat and then you turn around and you fucking cooked it. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like this. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And what the problem is, is you can't keep up fake shit. You can't keep it up. That's the problem. You can never base anything on a lie. Demi Lovato lied. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the the thing about it wasn't about that life. She wasn't about that life. Mm -hmm. And this is not the first time me and Keith have talked about Demi Lovato. There was a situation months ago. I think it was around a year ago where she posted a meme that made fun of 21 Savage when he got um uh deported right Mm -hmm. she thought it was funny to share that here's the thing if eddie mcgee or keith share it it's a lot different than you okay you being the same girl that went to fucking rehab because you kept trying to snort fucking snort powder donuts okay yeah so no like this she has a really she has a horrible problem with self-awareness i think um the the more and more, and I don't really keep up with her as far as, you know, what she's doing. I don't follow her on, on Instagram or anything like I that. I don't either. But the more and more I see her actions play out in real time, the more and more I'm realizing she got a disgruntled past. Oh, very bad. And I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, I never, I know she got a few documentaries and stuff, but I never really looked into it. But I could just tell just based off of the way, especially the drug use and, you know, these kind of issues as far as like I say I'm pro turkey and then next day, <laughs> next day I'm eating turkey is, is crazy. Is, 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 and it's always something. And she she um, she's one of those people that takes long breaks from social media sometimes. Yeah. So you can tell she's she's going through she's it. She's just a wreck, man. She's a wreck. I, I hope the best for her for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I used to like her a lot. Like, I was like, yo, people sleep on Demi, like Demi Lovato's sexy or whatever like yeah. that. But it's like, yo, you got a problem with drugs. You got a problem with turkeys now. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on with you, man? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should have known damn well that Demi Lovato wasn't trying to be friends with a turkey. Demi Lovato thick. Yeah, she liked to eat. She liked to eat. You know she eating in turkeys. Yeah. And all the sides, too. <laughs> she was smiling holding that turkey and that turkey the turkey just looked so comfortable <laughs> I, I think the, the turkey looked at ease not knowing like you know hey, she, I'm not gonna get eaten she gonna cook me later <laughs> it was probably another turkey like hey man hey no 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 not her man not her 
Yeah. yeah. Demi Lovato is talented. She just like she just lost out here. You know the most fucked up thing about it, what they said? You hear what they said about what she did with the turkey? Nah. They said that she started chopping it up and then she was snorting it. She was snorting Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> she was snorting the turkey. God damn. That's dark. Oh, man. Look, man, it's a joke, okay? Oh, Jeez, man. I do comedy. Jeez. Uh, yeah. I mean, we always talk about it, but liberals are just so annoying. They, they it's just always something. So for her for Demi Lovato is nonsense. Like you gotta right. you gotta pick a side. You right. know, if you if you wanna eat meat, do it. If you wanna be one of those people that are trying to you know, protect the lives of animals around the world, then do that. Mm-hmm. But don't be walking this line. Um, but on the other side, as far as like the the people being mad at her, it's just not that big. It's of a deal. not that big a deal. Tur- it's turkey. To every everyone in America is eating tur- uh, turkey on Thanksgiving. It's yeah. just my thing doing. is this: I would just from a comedic standpoint, I would if I noticed because I never noticed until everyone did because I didn't give a fuck. But I would just laugh like, "Yo, didn't she? Was she holding a turkey?" The other day, and then now she's eating one. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I would just uh, continue eating my turkey as yeah. I said that. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't give a fuck. But mm-hmm. what's happen? What happens is, is liberals get triggered. It's mainly liberals that do it. I'm not trying to, you know, make this point for conservatives, but it's the truth. When it comes down to certain situations, you can tell when it's conservatives being fucking idiots or liberals being fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, it's liberals. And then, not to mention, Ke- uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Got fucking chastised recently again, mm-hmm. stating that he hated black women. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he and then he um he talked about it on Instagram, and I'm thinking like, dog, for a person that that has a, a special called no fucks given, you give too many fucks. Keep responding to everything. Let it go, man. Yeah. Let it go. They said he hates black women. This is a man with a black wife and black kids, yeah. <laughs> but he hates black women. Okay. That, that Kevin Hart should have never fucking responded or respond in a in a special yeah. or in stand up. Don't you, you just you have to. What's crazy is is there is a superpower. It is and it's not a it's a superpower most people don't have when they could really say I don't give a fuck because it's even things that I give a fuck about. I think Keith has that superpower more than I do mm-hmm. because I'm more likely to give a fuck and want to respond. Mm-hmm. To something like that, like if they said, like, "Oh, Keith is homophobic," or like, because we 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 intend on this platform to grow significantly. Mm-hmm. So when it gets there, they're gonna be saying all kinds of shit. They're gonna dig up shit from what I said like fucking three years ago and be like, "See, I told you, Eddie hated animals." You be like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck are you talking about?" By yeah. then, I'll have like three dogs. I'll be like, "Hey, ask, <laughs> ask my dogs if I hate them." <laughs> abusing dogs. Yeah, he abuses dogs and animals, and my dog gonna be sitting right there like. <laughs> <laughs> As what happened to Joe Budden? They start pulling up all kind of nonsense. Really. They were saying that he was uh, he he made a joke about like fondling a dog or like rubbing oh a dog. yeah that's yeah. that's ridiculous it, yeah. dude first of all it's so dumb like the, the like the, it's it's more I would consider it more of uh, toxic liberalism where they attack platforms such as um, podcasting or comedy first of all Joe Budden had a video of him having to put his dog to sleep it was a really horrible video he yeah was, it was super sad he was crying mm-hmm. over his dog so a person. Why would you say a person hates a dog or does things to the dog when you seen the amount of pain he went through putting his dog down? Yeah. It was his friend. 
Yeah. Like, you guys, man, you got to chill. Yeah. It's it, What's weird is, too, I'll say this before we move on, is is uh, the toxic conservatives will say shit like, systemic oppression has never existed in America. Black people have always had a fair shake. You'd be like, dude, um, have you not paid attention in class, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Have you not picked up a textbook in like 90 years, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and then liberals is more or less like, Kevin Hart hates black women. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. What, how the fuck did you come to this conclusion? Yeah. I think for Kevin Hart, I would want, I would like to see um, how I feel like he's only on. I feel like he likes social media a lot, a lot. Oh, yeah. But I also feel like it is part of his business. So, you know, I got, it's probably like 50 50 whether he's probably scrolling through social media just for leisure and then also like posting content as Mm. far as sponsored, you know, posts and stuff like that. But I would like to see how much of a drop off, um, in his, in his, in his money and stuff would, uh, happen if he just got off of social media. Mm. I feel like, cause when he was, and who knows, like if he was off of it, off of it, or if he just didn't post, but when he was going through the whole back surgery and stuff like that, and he mm-hmm. was off of it, he was off it. Yeah, he, he probably felt so much better not Fuck seeing it. all the comments yes. and stuff like that. But I feel like he's one of those people, like like a Cardi B, that always has yeah. to respond. And it's it's okay to see it because a lot of us use that as fuel, right? If you're a rapper like J Cole. Um, uh, uh, there's a there's a narrative about him going around, so he uses that in some of his in his in his songs, like rebuttals or Jay Z. Yeah. Even you know there was a there's a lot of narratives about him that go around. Whether he looks like a camel, and he finds a way to put it in a song and you know flip it on everybody. Yeah. So that's that's cool. But the people that are, I mean, for for a guy like Kevin Hart to be wasting almost wasting air, you know, you get paid millions of dollars to tell jokes. But you getting on Instagram and responding to some random person in the middle of America. Yeah. yeah. And and the people that write these columns or when you gotta realize, I think that when you're successful or you're heading somewhere significant, I think that you spend less time tearing people down. So you're responding to the person on the internet that is uh pretty much like a troll almost. They're just trying to get the a win for them is getting you in a compromising position. Mm-hmm. If they could get you in a compromising position, then they're like, yes, I got him. And it's like, I don't have that. Yeah. When, when I look at successful people, I look at something that I can be. I don't yeah. look at something that I want to, you know, destroy. How how often do we not um, criticize that? Like, it's, it's okay to be critical, right? But how often do we just bash podcasts? None. Like, oh, this podcast is trash. I don't None. know why they got that following, or these people ain't that funny. It's that doesn't. That's not even a conversation. We, a conversa- have. we can be critical of something that someone says, right, about a certain subject, even like the brilliant idiots or right. Joe Budden podcast. We may have um, critiques for right. these people, but we're not on here saying a podcast is trash yeah, or they're no, terrible or they're no. not funny that's just not even in our no, conversation because what you're doing is is you're making an uh uh i don't want to use the wrong this and diction but you're making is it assertion mm, I, I, i'm not yeah you're I'll making that you're, word. yeah assertion i won't i don't want to say assumption mm-hmm. well no i'll say assumption you're mm-hmm. making an assumption that your podcast is like the metric for what podcast should be yeah. And I don't think that that's really correct. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, you don't yeah. want to get caught up doing that because I'm sure it's like rappers that think they. There was something I seen that was years years ago that was so fucking lame. It was these guys on Instagram. I forgot their name, but they was like, "Yo, we out here really lifting weights. Fuck all these other these other pot not pocket, but fuck all these other weightlifters on Instagram. We the real ones or mm-hmm. whatever." And I think they called their name uh, Gym Gang or whatever they call their names. Mm-hmm. And they would go to these different gyms and be like, yo, we Gym Gang. We in here. And I'm thinking like, dude, you guys are fucking old and lame. Yeah. You, your claim to fame is going to these gyms to try to call out, you know, whether it's C.T. Fletcher or whoever else. And it's like, that's so fucking lame. dude. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not it's it's weird when you see like certain YouTube pages arguing with each other. Yeah. It's like, really? YouTube beef, that's trash. Like, that's trash. If so, if what, what I have to tell myself is, regardless of who it is, you know, giving us shit or saying whatever, it's like, dude, you can't really even acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. That's a, like you said, that's a, one of those things. It's, it's almost better to prepare yourself for it when you, when you got a little bit of, um, when you got a little bit going on. That was something that happened with my girl. She sells these products online and she did like this giveaway and um somebody basically messaged her and was like oh you're cheating you gave it to somebody you follow you gave it to your friend or something like that what and like re- like really was going off on her and she was what? trying to like hold it together like give her the uh like the i guess like the not the politically correct answer but no. you know just the customer service type answer right 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 and um eventually like she she was really mad about it and i to me like you say like i come from a space where like i've been putting out content and people have been seeing my work for a while right, so right, right, right. there's many many opinions out there yeah you know there's people that have told me you know like you know your your movie wasn't that creative or you're not good mm-hmm. at making music whatever the case may be yeah. and i just like i compartmentalize it and i take it with a grain of salt just because yeah. i've been i've been through it so many times yeah yeah and and also when somebody is doing this like they're doing something to you that's kind of disrespectful but they're not doing it in a constructive way yeah that's how you really know you need to just move the fuck on from them yeah because if they're like if, if somebody would have rephrased and they said hey i'm not sure if this is what's going on but yeah i think your product is great but i'm not too sure of this or that or whatever so what do you think if they if they frame it differently i'm sure she's not mad mm-hmm. but when they're taught when someone's talking at you yeah, they're bringing um, they're bringing an attitude out of you, but you have to not allow them to do that. That's the, that's the thing, man. And it's tough because yeah. I've blown up on mother man. Fuck you. Like I've, <laughs> I've told people, like, hey, man, who the fuck you talking to, bro? What's your problem? You know? Yeah. I wonder for those people that are um, and we know people that are very critical of other people's work. Right. So for those people. I wonder um, how they feel when someone approaches them with that same energy. Because hmm. we know, you know, even whether it's uh, like podcasters or comedians or actors or film or like screenwriters or whatever, we know all these people here locally. We know these people that are very critical of other people. So I just be wondering, like, what does it feel like for them if somebody got on a page and was like, oh, that's not that funny? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know it's fucked up. Imagine if you had a really small following, right? Let's say you got like you got like twenty followers on Instagram or something. You just mm-hmm. try to start a podcast up, mm-hmm. and then like you get like three comments, and then one of them is like, "Y'all niggas is whack." Yeah, you be like, dang, I only got twenty followers. <laughs> How you motherfuckers find me, man? Yeah, yeah. You should just quit everything you're doing. You garbage. Yeah, like damn, man. Even so, even not saying something sometimes is like a. Uh, uh, 
a diss in a sense. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you could put out if you put out some some content that you may, you know, you've you've comfortable enough to share with the world and then you don't get no likes on it. Oh, like, that's just like man, you know, it's like what am I doing wrong? But yeah. it, a lot of times you just got to stand on that, man. Yeah, if you believe if you believe in it for sure. You have to stand on it. Yeah. Like uh well, before we move on, there was a I'll shout him out, but there's a dude that I found on SoundCloud uh, his name is Yo Maze. Check him out mm-hmm. on uh, SoundCloud or on you Spotify. Know, DSPs, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I seen some songs, and there were some songs that had some listens on it, and it was some that had really low listens. And I'm like, this shit is fucking dope. Yeah, this is dope content, right? Mm-hmm. And I I didn't give a fuck that it had a little bit of listens. It didn't sway me like, oh, this guy got no listens. He trash. I listened and I liked it. Yeah, objectively. Right. Yeah. I we, t- we both talked to him too. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. even shared his stuff on there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know where that was going, but uh, yeah. we'll go ahead and move on from there. Yeah. Uh, switching gears. Um, Lavar Lavar Ball, um, mentioning the type of women that his son would meet in the NBA. Let me go ahead and pull that up right now. All right, Lavar Ball. Uh, Lavar Ball warns sons about hoes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you'll never meet a good woman during the NBA career, right? Mm-hmm. He said, you're never going to meet a nice woman, especially in basketball. That's LeVar Ball's fa- fatherly advice to his NBA sons, explaining why they're only going to meet hoes while living the jet-setting life as pro basketball players. You're not going to find nobody like I found your mom. LeVar explained to the Endless Hustle podcast while talking about the advice he's given his sons, Lonzo, LiAngelo, and LaMelo. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if if you're in a profession where you got this fame and notoriety, how are you going to meet a good girl? You're not. LeVar says the only places NBA players meet women during their busy careers are at restaurants, clubs or in arenas. So I hate to tell you, but you're going to meet a hoe. Just how it goes, son. So, son, that's the bad part of of the life you're going to get. You're never going to meet a good woman. LeVar also warned that by the time his kids understand what he's talking about it'll almost be too late because if they meet a woman who's 30 and single you got to wonder why she's by herself at 30 mm-hmm. okay let me just I don't, i'm not saying i'm not going to dismantle it because there's some there's some legitimacy to it folks right and the word hoes i'm not going to call women hoes but what i will call them a lot of them that are looking for men in nba i call i will replace the word hoes with opportunists yeah Right. Yeah. So they're looking for they're looking to leverage relationships with these men that have a lot of money and a lot of fame. Mm-hmm. They're trying to climb the ladder without even needing the fucking ladder, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I, 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 that's the truth there. And I'll, I'll shoot to what he said at the end to make it very clear. Ladies, if you're fucking 30 or whatever, 35, 30, whatever, and you're single, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's that's just a completely stupid fucking comment. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or whatever. Maybe you're a person that actually has common sense yeah. and you don't want to just choose anyone. Yeah, that's a var ball for you though. Yeah, it's like fifty percent like, oh, okay, I can I can agree with that. Yeah. And then fifty percent just nonsense. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think that when you are um in these situations, people want things from you. And it's not just women that want shit from you, you know, or these opportunists. There's just people that want money from you. They want just to take photos with you. You're going to run across a lot of people that want something from you. Yeah. They always want something from you. They want you to fund their business that they're trying to start. 
You know, there's, you know, women that'd be like, well, if you really like me, you will buy me a Birkin bag. You know, <laughs> you got a bunch of shit that you're going to go through. Mm-hmm. So I will say there's legitimacy to the conversation of um, women that are not genuinely liking them. Yeah. They just like the, what they could get from them. I think that that is also very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough position to be in. Um, me and my friends, we always had this conversation about you know, trying to solidify your partner before you, yes. you know, become famous or right. you, be, you gain some notoriety because um, as soon as you have any sort of notoriety, there's also, there's always going to, that that's always going to be there. Right. Like, you know, that person is pretty much always going to know who you are before you know them. There you go. And they may follow you on Instagram. They may know your Wikipedia page, right. all these things. So, that's already ingrained in your relationship. And for a lot of um, women out there, and we see these, these women, we see there's, there's women. I seen one of my friends was, uh, he was, I guess he was trying to flirt with some girl. He just shot her a message. Um, and she responded with her OnlyFans page. Like she didn't what? say, she didn't say no words. She just responded <laughs> with her OnlyFans page. So these are the type of women that are out in the world right now. Yeah. These women and in, in, in obviously a woman that's sharing her OnlyFans page is trying to gain some, get money from you, yeah. you know, to support her lifestyle. She wouldn't, whatever. she wouldn't do that to NBA player though. But the NBA player would be a little different. It'd be her number. Yeah, but then she was still like, <laughs> if you have nervous. that in your mind, you're as far gonna, as like yeah. you want to make money from a man, oh, then yeah. it's probably not going to change based off of yeah. you know if it's Lamelo or Lonzo yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 hoopers dominate the room. Like, yes, they do. You know, you've been in a room with Tyron. He, yeah, and it's just they're just tall, and, yeah. and you know, as a basketball player, um, you like when someone is six five, six six, six seven. They only hoop, you know. It ain't yeah. too many dudes of that stature just walking around just right. just because. Obviously, there's those you know those people that never played a sport in their life and they just tall. But for the most part, they if you was in junior high six six five or something like that, they are gonna throw a basketball in your hand and try to get you to play basketball. So in in that aspect, you just you just can't hide when you when you have a, of a certain status and, right. and like I was saying before, it don't even matter like. If a hooper is in a room with a rapper or if a hooper is in a room with um, a, uh, a mogul or a business guy, whomever, when when they walk in a room, it's just different. Yeah. You know, so just knowing that and there's even situations where you not you may not even be the successful hooper. Right. You may be Very like true. a G League or on the cusp, but you yeah. may be riding a bench all season. Still gonna get just girls. Cause, yeah, just because you in the NBA, yeah. you can do whatever you want to. Yeah. And, and things have changed. Like he mentioned earlier, is like, you know, acquiring that mate before you really take off. I think LeBron James is one of them. It's very rare. You know, if you meet a woman, and, and what I noticed too, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but like you see these NBA players or NFL players and they meet these girls after they in the NFL and they kind of all look the same. They look very, really superficial looking women. They look like Instagram models. Yeah. They, they don't look like your average everyday girl. You know yeah. what I mean? The, the yeah. average woman doesn't look like that. You know, I'm not saying that the average woman's ugly. They're still very beautiful, but they just look like regular, like yeah. normal. Yeah. These girls look like, and then you, and if you click on these girls' pages, they got like 700,000 followers and a million followers. It's like, yeah. I just, I, I just would not want to be with a woman like that if I'm in any professional career. 
It's yeah. too much. Yeah, I'd be at, you know, certain music videos and obviously the the females in the video always have to look beautiful. Right. And um some of them look like some of them look good, but you're like, oh, she she's just a a good looking normal, normal girl. girl. Right. Yeah. Right. But some of them be like like you only have to date a nigga in the NBA or right, a nigga exactly. in the NFL or a rapper or something like that. Exactly. You, you can't be court, you can't be walking around with no regular dude. They won't you just look, look right. too good. You got yourself dolled up for that type of man. Yeah. See, that's what people don't realize too is women could put themselves in spaces just based off how they look. Yeah. Like men, like as a man, I can't just look good and Halle Berry wants me. But regular Jessica from Bakersfield that's fine as fuck could be you know dating matt barnes like yeah. that that's the reality the girl that was dating uh blueface oh she's what well, she's she from bakersfield really yeah when he had the two girlfriends one of those yeah. girls was from bakersfield wow yeah. see what i'm saying yeah it, i think she went to school with my younger brother wow mm-hmm. blueface is in there rapping off beat like a motherfucker ah, hitting off beat too <laughs> he's like hitting off beat like you want to be me you want to give me <laughs> Blueface baby, yeah. Yo, that guy just disappeared. He's still he's still around. He's still around. If you looking for him, he around. He ain't like if you not looking for him, you probably won't hear about him. But if yeah, you, if I'm not you, looking for him at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only way I hear about him is through like obviously we shoot music videos and stuff like that. So the only the only way I hear about him is it's just like casual conversation. Like, oh, did you see what he did? Or if he's on a song with some artist that we shot a music video for, or we'll look it up or something like that. But as far as like him being popping, popping like he was maybe two years ago. It's yeah, not, that's it's it not done. The same. Yeah. He going to be looking for, he going to come out with a bust down Tatiana in Spanish next. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be bust down Tatiana a reggaeton edition. <laughs> Like yeah, blue face baby. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, as far as like the uh, you know, like the women putting themselves in positions to, you know, date certain people. I remember we were on the set of uh, Straight Outta Compton oh, yeah. and um there was this girl and you could tell she was on a mission. Like she sat by herself, she didn't really communicate with nobody. She had a uh, we were supposed to be dressed like the early 90s. Yeah. Late 80s, early it 90s. Was, it was, it, I think the scene actually took place in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that whole era. Um, but she was she just had a dress like this flower dress on. It was kind it wasn't too short, but it was short enough to where, you know, you see, could see her legs and stuff and, like yeah. that. And she like I said, she was on a mission. So she got on the bus and she sat by herself. And then because we parked at the L.A. Zoo and then and then from there, they took a but they bus the people over to the venue where we where we were shooting and um so everybody got off the bus and we kind of moving around and i'm with my boy um and all of a sudden like a few minutes had passed and they're picking certain people out to be in certain parts of the thing and then they kind of like grabbed her and i had i had totally forgot about her because we just you know chilling or whatever and they grabbed her next thing you know she's like in a prominent scene mm-hmm. in the movie just because right. you know she she looked a certain way yeah and you could tell like like i was saying she was on a mission and she she got exactly what she was going mm-hmm. for there was this uh girl that i used to follow this is back when instagram really just first started up mm-hmm. and uh obviously i'm a huge 49er fan um so back then this very pretty girl she's like half black half mexican i don't, I don't even want to say her name i want to be messy <laughs> but she um would be like you know around some of the players or whatever like that. 
Um, but I followed her. She followed me back. She used to be commenting and stuff, or we would see stuff or certain memes and be laughing and whatnot. And then you start seeing her followers go up. I'm like, dang, her followers going up quick. And um, all of a sudden, that shit went up super high. She wasn't following me no more. Mm-hmm. And now she fucking her page. I don't even know how many followers. She got over a, a half a million. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The one I talked to you about? Yeah. I think, let me see here. I can look it up. Yeah. Let me look it up real quick. I'm just curious. Uh, damn it. I forgot her fucking name. Four point. No, it's not her. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember it now. I remember it. Uh oh, yeah, it is. There it is. Uh, uh, nah, I'm fucking it up. Oh, here it is. Nope, that's not it. God damn it! It all these girls got the same fucking usernames on Instagram. That's funny, man. <laughs> same fucking uh. Oh, here it is. Got it. Seven hundred seventy thousand. Oh, okay. She I got, thought she would have more. No, she got 770,000, but when I first like had met her on Instagram, I think she had like probably like 1700, no, probably like no, she had like 1100 people. Dang. Yeah, and then as her has her star, it's almost like she leveraged her her she leveraged her relationship with these NFL players to get more attention. And because she was pretty, that shit went doop 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 doop, and now you see her in all kinds of spaces. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing like uh, all the, she's getting all these paid partnerships and all of that. And it's like people say, well, what's wrong with that? It proves my point. Mm-hmm. When you look good, you don't got to even be that talented. It will put you in certain places. I feel like, you know, that's obviously God's gift. You know, it's the, genetics. the way you look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice not to uh, refine a skill set in order to leverage that because we, we all come into the world with a certain gift you know 100%. maybe some people can talk better than others or maybe some like you said people are taller than others and you know you leverage that however like you mm-hmm. you have to have a certain aesthetic if you're going to be a model right mm-hmm. um so you know with that i feel like you know you have a certain amount of god gifted abilities and then from there whether you look good or not like you should be able to you know, maximize your skill set. Like yeah. Ebony K. Williams, obviously yes, she's a pretty, a pretty girl, but she she's super knowledgeable and she could talk anybody under a bus. So, um, you know, I would hope that, you know, no matter how you look or whatever, even if even if that's your business, right, just right. looking good. Like a, a person like Kim Kardashian, she's one of the, you know, biggest moguls in the game. Yeah. And you don't get there just by being an idiot. Being an idiot, yeah. yeah. She's actually pretty fucking smart. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be like, well, the calendar basically says that if I, and she'd start talking about all oh, the stock market, and you'd be like, yeah. damn. All right, Kim. Wow. Black men need to get out of jail. <laughs> So, <laughs> Kim, Kim Kardashian be like, black men in jail are hot. <laughs> Let's get them out so they could be free and hot. Oh man, free the black cops. <laughs> free black cops. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh, be crazy! Oh, bro! Can you imagine like it? Like they do like the whole vote or die thing? Yeah, be like free the black cocks. 
I'm sorry, Kim Kardashian. We can't get behind this one. I'm sorry. Oh man, that's right. crazy. Switching gears. Um, fight night. Um, there was a lot of uh, 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 fights going on last night. You had Jake Paul and, and Nate Robinson was probably the most popular fight. Believe it or not, it ended up being that. Yeah. Um, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. was Badu Jack. Yeah, Badu Jack. That wasn't. I don't really. That wasn't a great fight. Yeah, he he's a solid boxer, but he's just not going to uh, wow you, you know. No, he's, yeah. he's a good boxer though. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll just flash forward to the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight. Um, obviously, there's memes everywhere. Nate Robinson being knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, first, what I want to say is two things. Um, it, it takes a lot of courage to do something that you normally don't do and take it as a challenge. But I think you have to be smart enough as a as a human being to realize that boxing is not something that happens naturally. Um, uh-huh. bo- boxing is something that takes years of preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, it's like you could tell that he was robotic. His fluidity wasn't there. Jake Paul had it spends a lot of time in the gym refining his skills. Yeah. And I told people that Jake's going to fuck this guy up. And 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 they said, "But look, no, Nate, man, but Nate was in the NBA." And Nate, Nate, I'm like, "Dog, being in the NBA doesn't help you at boxing." Yeah. Period. It's, there's no correlation <laughs> to that. There's this, the only thing that helps is just athleticism. That's it. Yeah. But if you don't know how if you don't have the skills to back that act Back that athleticism up, mm-hmm. then it's just it's done. Yeah, and Jake Paul, this is the worst thing, man. You got to find somebody, and it's not hard to find somebody to whoop Jake Paul's ass. First of all, Jake Jake Paul is a solid boxer, though. He's you, a good boxer. He's a solid boxer. Mm-hmm. You could tell, you know, the fluidity, the way he throws punches. He knows what he's doing. Um, but he's not so good that he can't be beast. There's a yeah. lot of people that could hurt him. A lot of people. Yeah. And then they said something like, bring on Conor McGregor. I believe Conor McGregor is skilled enough to fuck him up because even though he's an MMA fighter and he uses everything, he kicks and everything, he's a skilled enough boxer to hurt him. I I don't know. I feel like, I, I mean, I've only seen a few videos um, and I feel like he would give Conor a run for his money. Yeah, I think Conor would hurt him. I and Jake Paul is a lot heavier than Conor McGregor is. Yeah. He Jake Paul, he came in the ring at like 180, 181. No, uh, no. That, no. He came in at 189. 189, yeah. Nate so, came in at 181. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's even heavier. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul is, above anything, he punches hard. Yes, he does. So um, a lot of that, you know, he may get beat up. He may be outskilled for however long, but he, when he, Throw punches, he throwing them. Yeah, he throwing, he throwing punches through you. Yeah. So, just that alone, he's going to be able to put a lot of people down. And I don't, I don't know if what his plan is as far as like what weight class he wants to fight in. But Conor McGregor fights at like one fifty four, mm. so he got a lot of weight on Conor. I don't, I don't know how that exhibition will play out. But um, even if he did decide to drop weight to fight at like one sixty eight or something like that, like he still have that power that he's carrying with him. Yeah, that'd be way too small for him though to drop. He's, yeah. he's six foot two, so that'd be that'd be hard for him to come down that low. He, but, I mean, he got a lot of body fat on him though. Yeah, well, for his weight, because mm-hmm. he should be a lot leaner at one eighty nine to be six it's, foot two. But it's just boxing, like yeah. you know that they cut weight all the time. Yeah, a guy like Canelo made <clears throat> he fighting. He fighting 
probably what, like 168 now. He probably walk around at like one 180 or something. Oh yeah, cutting all that weight down. Oh yeah, because uh, John Jones, <clears throat> he, he was fighting at 205s, but he I think right now he's 240. That's crazy. Yeah, but John Jones is like six four. Yeah. So him being at 205, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met him at um at the Fit Expo. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty lean dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably, he's about 6'4", right, right, right around 6'5". Uh-huh. And uh, I was just like, yeah, this guy, this guy doesn't look like, he doesn't look like intimidating, mm-hmm. but he kind of looks dangerous. I don't know if I could explain that. Yeah. Like he you. looks like if he started doing shit. It'd be a problem, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> John Jones, man, that mm-hmm. guy. But uh, yeah, I think Jay Paul did a great job. I already told some people that I was like, don't put money on Nate Robinson. Nate's gonna get fucked up if he hasn't done any real training. He's gonna get fucked up. And he went in there and he was trying to rush Jake Paul and Jake Paul. And the thing about it, a boxer when he sees you running wild, it's gonna, it's not gonna throw him off too much. Now he's just gonna wait for you to run into it. Now. That's what he did. Yeah. You know, he was flailing his arms at him. He had his chin was everywhere. He didn't have his chin down. He didn't have his guard up ever. Yeah. Like, dude, you never got your guard up. You're going to get fucked up. He just didn't look like a boxer. Not at all. Yeah. He looked like he was um, chasing uh, chasing roosters around the fucking yard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew. Um, so I was looking at we were sitting in here and we was just chopping it up and we were talking about the fight. <laughs> And uh, Jake Paul had posted some videos on his on his Instagram of him boxing, and um, he had he was dropping people like he dropped really? he dropped a handful of people. Oh wow! Um, and I was like, okay, I could see that, you know. And and if you if you you could look up on Instagram, but if you looked at the Instagram. I was like, he, you could tell he punches hard. Yeah. You know, punching hard is, it don't matter. Like, if it's a pro, if it's an amateur, it whatever. It's a hard like, fucking punch. When you see somebody, yeah. No, even Deont- when Deontay Wilder was putting down people that weren't great boxers, that power is, it, you know, it's the equalizer. It's still there. You know, he, mm-hmm. he dropped, you know, world-class boxers. He dropped amateur boxers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, just that alone, I know he's a problem, right? And then I could tell he has a little bit, little bit of technique to go with that. But then when I looked at Nate Robinson's page, he wasn't posting anything. Yeah. He was I, I was a couple of videos of him like pictures or something like that of him punching or whatever, but there was no video of him actually boxing. That's there bad. was some videos I think of him hitting the pads or whatever, but it was just I was like that's not enough for me to no. you know be convinced. And then from that point on, I was like, "Oh, it's over for it's yeah. over for Nate Robinson. I, I think Nate. I think Nate almost was trying to street fight him because he would rush him, and it's almost like he wanted to pick him up and slam him or something. Yeah. And it's like you got to understand. I don't care how many fights you've been in in the streets. You can't fight if yeah. you have not put on gloves and actually trained. You can't fucking fight. Yeah. And so you don't, can't box. You can't box. Don't mm-hmm. ever try to get in the ring with a boxer. You will get fucked up. Yeah. You will get fucked up because what's going to happen is if you're fighting people in the streets, first of all, you don't have any stamina. You don't train like a boxer. Mm-hmm. So the boxer going to be in there laughing. He's going to tire you out and you're going to keep rushing him and then he's going to hit you with a. You could get knocked out by a jab. Yeah. Literally. If you get hit with a solid jab, a clean one, mm-hmm. you will be on the fucking ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, folks, I don't care who you are listening to this. If you've never been in the boxing ring, do not think you could get in there with a boxer. They will fuck you up, man. Yeah. They will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is just a case uh, a case of uh, lack of self-awareness. 
I think that as a man, you should not put yourself in spaces you're not strong in, especially boxing. Mm-hmm. I, you're, you will never be a natural baseball player or a natural boxer. It takes years to refine those skills. Yeah. You can't say, I'm going to be a pitcher in the major leagues, and all of a sudden you're 28. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how it fucking works. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was one fight. <laughs> Another one was Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Um, I felt that personally, Mike Tyson came in much better condition than he did. Than Roy Jones? Yes, mm-hmm. he did. Um, because he wasn't really even getting that tired. Um, and also, I felt like Mike Tyson could have killed him on numerous occasions, but they had enough respect. It was it was a charitable thing. Um, they had a lot of respect for each other. And I don't think they were trying to hurt each other. They didn't want nobody to be leaving on a stretcher and shit. Yeah. But Mike Tyson, dude, there was times where I'm like, yo, that Mike could really, Mike's holding back. Mm-hmm. You know, because, man, I want him to fight someone else so we could really see Mike go off. Because that guy is. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, for me, when I, I was watching the fight and it was a lot of people around. So basically, <laughs> I was watching the, the fight with the sound off. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of, like, a guy like Shannon Sharp, he always talks about how he doesn't, uh, have the sound on when he's watching certain games and stuff like that. Cause you, sometimes you could be swayed by the commentary, commentary. or the, the screaming of the fans yeah. or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, when I was watching the fight, I felt like, I felt like Roy Jones edged him out. And I was telling Eddie this on the phone. I was like, I don't know if that doesn't necessarily mean my opinion is right. That just means like that's how I felt initially. Maybe when I go back and watch it, I can I'll be able to see like why people a lot of people felt like Mike Tyson won. Um, But when it was a draw, I was just like it wasn't I I wanted there to be a winner because I felt like I kind of started rooting for Roy Jones um, after you know, I was like, oh, snap. Like, you know, Roy Jones is actually, you know, holding his own in the in the ring with Mike Tyson. Like, that's 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 crazy. I, yeah, I, it's crazy. It's different when, like, Roy Jones came into the boxing. <laughs> he came into that boxing match with a limp. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. He's Th- old, man. Yeah, I was like, yeah. man, these niggas fighting for Social Security, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, man. I was just cracking a joke earlier, but I was like, because at the beginning... Before, after the fight, Roy Jones lost, he lost some weight. You could tell he lost some weight after the fight. Yeah. Like, he looked physically a little slimmer. Because people don't realize even too many rounds will wear you the fuck out. He was in a lot of water weight. He was in a lot of water weight. Um, So, before the fight, he kind of came in. He looked like a little bit, like he had a little bit bloated, like he had had some Thanksgiving food or something. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I posted on Facebook. I was like, man. Uh, Roy Jones looked like he went to Raising Cane's before the fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Roy Jones looked a little flabby. Y'all must have forgot. <laughs> I think, uh, but you know, part of that, like you said, you, you drink a lot or you hydrate a lot, you know, before those fights, yeah. just because you know you're gonna lose a lot of a, a lot of weight. So, yeah. But I think I think overall the event was dope, though. It just was. the undercard having an exciting fight that may have been more exciting than the actual main event. Right. That was dope. Um, the performances in the middle, I thought that was a good idea. Um, some of them, some of the performances, the audio wasn't that great, and yeah. you know, just the visual aspect. St. John's was really bad, and I like St. John. Yeah, I, I thought the the audio for his performance. I don't know if it was auto tune or what it was, but it just didn't sound that great. Um, no. But when Snoop came on, you could feel the energy of yeah. the people. Like, oh, this, like you this know, this one. is the guy. This like the he was one. the main event of the performers. All also. right. Um, so that was dope. Um, but I thought like, you know, that they, they, they kind of probably use this as a, 
um, an example or uh, a a test, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, for something else. Yeah, what could possibly be when we start to get people in the, in the arena? Because normally, mm-hmm. how the events go, it's just it's a, a rapper will walk you out mm-hmm. or something, and then you know they just walk you to the ring while they're performing, which is cool. But sometimes yeah. it gets a little old. But for them to do it like in between, I think that's that's pretty because it keeps you like it keeps you kind of like engaged a little bit during right. the in between those fights. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you who stole the show though. Snoop Dogg stole the show. Oh, for sure. I'm talking about overall that that whole event was Snoop's event basically. And the commentating, the commentating. As well. yeah, yeah, he stole the whole fucking show. And he said something that really stood out, and I was fucking dying. They was fighting. He's like, "Oh, this look like this should look like two of my uncles fighting at the barbecue." <laughs> Get yeah. him, Cuz. Come on, yeah. Cuz. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and what's funny is certain stuff you say reminds you of somebody that in your like. I will say this at least for black folks, we all got somebody in our family that's like an ex gang member mm-hmm. that's like uh, older now, mm-hmm. but they still got a lot of street in them. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, get up on him, cuz. <laughs> yeah. So this shit is hilarious, man. I think that was cool. Um, mm. But I, I don't know if Snoop Dogg is good for all events. I think like things like this would be cool. But uh, I talked about it on uh, an episode about how there was an MMA fighter that was on Joe Rogan's podcast that does not like Snoop Dogg at all. Yeah. Because he feels like Snoop Dogg. The way he talks about He talks about the fighters. He said these guys don't, these guys dedicate their lives to this craft. And uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was Cowboy. Cowboy. uh, Oh, man, I forgot his name. But anyways, he he ended up losing a fight really quick. I think Mm -hmm. he lost to Connor. And he was like, man, he's soft because he wasn't ready, man. He out here soft. And the guy said, like, he's like, I don't ever want to hear anything from Snoop again. I'm just fucking, you know, like he I guess he basically said he really wanted to hurt Snoop Dogg. Yeah, because he knows what these guys go through. So from a respect aspect, I can see where he where he comes from. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know if you can take whatever Snoop Dogg says really like literally. Yeah. 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 Some of it is just like it's just that energy he brings. And sometimes. The, the thing about it is like a guy like Snoop come from the streets, but also um, when you a MMA fighter or a boxer, none of that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll break you down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You might want to be you might want to watch what you say. But yeah. in reality, he's never going to get access to Snoop. You're not you're, you're not going to be able to touch Snoop unless you all both like get in the ring or something like that. Probably not. But I don't know, man. I, I just think like. Like we talked about Snoop being getting a little bit out of character when yeah. he was talking about uh, Danny Green and calling him a bitch and stuff. And it's like, no, nah, man, that's not cool. Because mm-hmm. if you do get in this space, I don't want you to be like, hey, what's going on, cuz? I'm be like, hey, man, keep that same energy. Mm-hmm. You called me a bitch, didn't you, right? Yeah. I love your music, but you're going to get this left hook. Yeah. That, hey, yeah. I don't think Snoop could ever live that down if he took a left hook from like a boxer or something. Yeah, that'd be ugly. Ooh, but be ugly. Snoop has a history of like niggas pressing him, though. What do you mean? There's been a few times where he like he'll show up in Long Beach or, you know, certain s- spaces in L.A. and like, you know, people will call him out. Oh, I ain't heard that. One. Yeah, they happened. There was a there was a whole a whole it wasn't like viral, but it was a whole narrative going around. I, I don't know where he went. I think um, I don't know if he showed up in Long Beach or if he was in L.A. or where, wherever he was. But yeah. somebody got mad. Like, you know how it is when you are. A celebrity and yeah. you don't really be in tune with what's going in on the in the community yeah. in the streets yeah and then somebody they see you in the neighborhood and they approach you like yo what are you doing here type of thing yeah i yeah. think he said somebody low-key wanted to press him when he was doing it he was doing training day 
Mm, he was in a wheel, he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, he brought it up. He's like, he said, I had to make sure it was cool for me to be up in a hood, cuh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, because yeah. even though he is, you got to remember, he is celebrity, a rapper, but he's still a gang, a gang bang, a gang member. Yeah, he ain't gang banging no more, but he a gang member. Yeah, so you don't get an automatic pass. Yeah, people are very, very territorial too, especially in in, in LA. LA. Yeah, okay, it's like you can't really just show up and. Um, uh, Blue talked about a time where he was shooting like in the in the Crenshaw Slauson district, and some dudes had pressed him about shooting there. He was, what? They were shooting a music video, and some guys like basically told him to leave. Like, what? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so gang that the gang members they be very territorial. You gotta be mindful of. That'd be fucked at. up with me and Keith out in L.A. and then somebody just come press us. You be like, yeah. come on, man, we just doing this like. On the set, y'all niggas better leave in five minutes or it's going to be all bad. Yeah. He'd be like, man, but we just out here trying to do a podcast, man. Yeah. Like, nigga, unless you have us on the podcast, you got to leave, nigga. <laughs> niggas can't do podcasts? God damn. Like, get up out of here. You know how LA niggas talk? Like, yeah. you better get up out of here, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> on the set, you better get out on of here. On the set, you got five minutes, cuz. You better get up out of here. Expeditiously, cuz. You, nigga, I don't know how to use big words, nigga, but you better <laughs> <laughs> I dropped out in third grade, nigga, but you better get up out of here, cuz. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these, hey, some of the game members probably be so dumb, they go up to Jack in the Box and be like, mm, welcome to Jack in the Box. Y'all ain't got like, uh, y'all ain't got like peanut butter up in there, cuz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny all right i don't know where the fuck we got off of that um anything else on the fight uh no that was pretty much it i thought it was dope for snoop um I, I, one thing i will say too is like i love this energy of like us being able to appreciate the ogs like snoop dogg's catalog is is un, is untouchable right he make right. he has you know great records so i think it's dope um and then you know along with like me shooting this documentary i'm just starting to realize and starting to have more of an appreciation for the older artists that that came up in the 90s and stuff so i think that's dope for you know when is at least you know for the family that i was watching it with at least for us to be able to appreciate snoop like that was new music, you know what I mean? Yeah, so man. Dope. Yeah. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, me and Keith talked about this, and this makes a lot of sense. You only know people incrementally, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what we mean by that is, is like you only know, you only get to know people in sections. Where when you first meet people, whether it's a business relationship, friendship, whatever, you could get hit with a bombshell. You thought you knew the person, but you don't. Mm-hmm. You may not really know a person until a year and a half later. If you're in a business relationship, you may not know that person until you find out they're stealing money from you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's fucked up. You may meet a girl and everything's going right and you guys about to have your year anniversary and then she, you find out she fucked your cousin mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you only know people incrementally. In yeah. sections, and this is pretty much the same with any relationships you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is that's why you really—I'm not saying you should be weary of everybody, but you should be cautious. Yeah, you know, allow time to determine who these people are, mm-hmm. because it's been a lot. I think we've all been through this before. Yeah. We've all been through it. You, you might, you could have had a. It could be a, a teacher you knew back in the day, and it always seemed like a good teacher, and all of a sudden you found out that. 
they was fucking the students. You like, yo, I thought I knew this teacher, man. Yeah. This teacher turned out to be R. Kelly. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Giving out D's. This nigga was in a, in a, trapped in the closet. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, that, uh, that's 100% true. I feel like um, what happens a lot, too, like we start to, uh, they try to like, we try to expedite this process. Right. Instead of slow playing it and, you know, um, just letting like letting time and events play out and putting right. people in different situations. They try to uh we try to expedite it. Like, um I know mm-hmm. certain uh people in our family that may bring a, a, a friend or whomever to the crib or right. to the family, family gathering, gathering or something right. like that. I'm like like, do have you uh really, you know, checked this dude? Like, do you know uh, do you know about him? Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Have you done your due diligence on this person? Right. But like, people just like to j- just like I feel like a lot of it too is like a trophy thing, right? Yes. So with these with the d- different dudes, and females acceptance. and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you want to be that person that's like, oh snap, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Yeah. And then you also want people to approve of this person. Like, there you, you go. Know, like, oh, did my nephew get along with him? No, I don't like this nigga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that I think that I think that's a huge a huge part of it. Um, but like Eddie said. When it comes to um, just different people, like we have a, a history, so you know we we're very familiar with with one another. But no matter what they do, if they're a podcaster, a filmmaker, or a truck driver, or whatever, um, I am very weary of these people because I know that a, a lot of people have uh, real character flaws. Right. Um, and, and you see it all the time. And, you know, I've been around people and even people that I'm very cordial with. Right. Um, but I am aware of their flaws. I am aware that, you know, cer- certain people are, are opportunists and certain people Facts. are like clout chasers. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. you kind of uh, you, you're, you're mindful of that and you keep them at a distance because, you know, that in certain situations you mm-hmm. may not be able to bring them along. You know, if we mm-hmm. do we do an interview with Snoop and, you know, they may be like, yo, can I do the camera or can I do that? Can I help you with the podcast? And like, no, like you haven't helped us all year, all three years with this podcast. And all of a sudden we get Snoop on the podcast and yeah. now you want to help us out. So right. those, those are the type of people that there you, you, go. Know, you could come across, but it won't, it won't, um, that won't be revealed to you until you have spent time with these people. I think situation like situations will also uh, show you, um, will prove things in regards to like finding out who a person is mm-hmm. incrementally. Like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, all of a sudden Snoop Dogg gets on here. Then you got all kinds of people like, "Hey man, I seen your content. I want to help you out." Yep. And it's like I sent you an inbox like two years ago. You never responded to it. Yeah. Now yeah. all of a sudden you want to hit me up. So I don't have any interest of doing any work with you because mm-hmm. you didn't care about me then. Yeah. You know, you didn't even respond to me then. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, first, first of all, you don't have to work with me at all. But the fact that you didn't even respond or you didn't care yeah. or I, I, I sent something to you and you didn't even give a fuck enough to look at it. And now you, you, you just never know. But back to what you were saying in regards to, you know, people meeting family or bringing some dude around, bringing some dude around the family. And then, you know, your cousin or whatever be like, so did you like him? Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, oh, I mean, well, he smells. I don't like that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but even but even then, like um, 
it kind of goes both ways as far as like that short period that you get to meet someone, right? Um, you know, from not from the the boyfriend and girlfriend or the yeah. the the friend situation. Mm-hmm. Um, from from you from that interaction, mm-hmm. you know, I may be like, oh, he cool, he liked the Forty ers and he mm-hmm. like he like boxing and stuff like yeah. that. But in reality, he a totally different person. Right. You know, however many months down the line, a hundred percent. Yeah, I I think that like you mentioned, I, I think that um, a lot of people like to they want that social acceptance in regards to the dating shit they want the social acceptance and uh and the social perception mm-hmm. so the perception is i'm happy i'm bringing this person around when in actuality you need to slow your roll yeah because you don't know who the fuck this guy is mm-hmm. you gotta slow it down this guy could be a fucking uh he could be a a, a hitman or something yeah you know, you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i think i think Part of that too, like I like I was telling you on the phone, like I've met parents that I probably shouldn't have met, you know, <laughs> I, like I and it wasn't even a boyfriend or girlfriend. Like I was just a friend at the time, or yeah. just a person around, and you know, you're getting introduced to parents and stuff like that, and it's just like, it's like just, maybe you should have, maybe you should have waited to yeah. introduce me to this person. This is yeah. a lot. There's like, yeah. and then what you know what's hilarious is imagine right, obviously you, you're not talking to the girl anymore, and. And then all of a sudden she's bringing somebody else around and then they bring the dude around and he's a dick and the family's like, what happened to that nice boy Keith you used to bring around here? Yeah. <laughs> I was just dropping dick off. I <laughs> well, mom, he was just, he was just fucking me, mom. <laughs> he was just giving me back shots, mom. <laughs> I just had I had to really take my plan B with Keith. He didn't like condoms. That's a wild statement to tell your your mom some dude was just hitting it. It wasn't it wasn't that deep. Like he was just hitting it. It wasn't that deep, that's what she said. It wasn't that deep, Mom, so I dropped him. <laughs> he didn't hit my cervix, Mom, so I had to get rid of him. <laughs> he didn't hit the psycho spot in my pussy, Mom. You know, they say it's, it's a certain spot in the pussy that just make them go crazy. Yeah. I haven't hit that spot yet. <laughs> it's like 10 inches deep in there. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where it went from there, <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so folks, if you are, I, I hear people say things like, and this could be in any situation, they'll be like, Yeah, you know, I met this, this guy named Greg, he seems like a great business partner, man. We do the same thing, he's got a family, he's a Christian man, he's this, he's that. I'm like, How long have you known this business associate? I mean, we met. Uh, we met like two weeks ago. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So, basically, the 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 perception that he painted of himself, you believe it, right? Yeah. That that's all it is, mm-hmm. right? You can say he's a Christian man, and then you spend time around the dude, and he's like, fuck this, fuck that, motherfuckers, fuck yeah. and you're like, okay. So the Christian part was a lie. Yeah. And then the next one would be like, he's a family man. They'd be like. Oh, I sure do love getting my dick sucked by a horse. He'd be like, dang. Okay, well, he's not a faithful husband. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so things start to unravel, mm-hmm. but it has to happen. It happens over time. Mm-hmm. People 
I think what I've learned the most in my 35 years is people pretend well. Mm-hmm. They pretend very well. That's why I take pride in being who I am every day in front of your face because I'm going to be who I say I was. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to be who I say I am because it's a self endorsement. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be who I really am in your face every day until you understand, like, okay. Eddie is solid. Mm-hmm. Eddie is this guy. That's who he really fucking is. Yeah. But when you're like, yeah, I'm a Christian man. I take care of my kids and I do this and I do that and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I'm throwing that at you. And what is happening is, is, and I think the social media is really bad with this mm-hmm. because people will post certain stuff about being a Christian and being a good mom or being a good dad and posting about marriage and posting all these beautiful quotes. And they are the biggest pieces of shit that you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've seen a million people like this. Yeah. There was this chick just the other day. She posted some thing about God and blessings. And then like four hours later, she was talking about my baby's daddy brought his whole ho ass uh, fiance around me, disrespecting me. I'm thinking like, wait a minute. Yeah. What you, happened to all that? What happened to the spiritual stuff you're talking yeah. about? You went from, you know. Praising the Lord to calling women whores. Yeah. What the what what's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah. And that rhymed, by the way. This nigga's a rapper. Yeah, I said a hip hop. <laughs> hip hip hop and you don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but man. but that's true. I, I feel like too, like this m- mostly affects people in regards to relationships. Um and not even romantic relationships, just any sort of you know friendship yeah. or anything, or even family. Um, there's there's certain things like that have materialized. Jesus in- Christ had dreads. Go ahead. Joe Biden's a dictator. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, but um, there's certain things like, you know, even talking about family dynamics right. that have only materialized recently, you know, with my uncles and stuff like that, where you'd be like, oh, snap. I I knew this was you as a person, but the actual, uh, the way this played out in real time, like I I'm not necessarily surprised, but I was like, dang, I didn't I didn't know that you would do that to your own family kind of thing. Right. And and that stuff you only you only start to uh realize about a person, you know, when they 40, 50 years old, you're like, dang, this is this the type of person you are. So yeah. It, sometimes you gotta wait a whole lifetime to to find out certain things about about yeah, a person. It's yeah. crazy. Some people really hide shit good. Mm-hmm. Terrell Owens' dad had a whole nother family down the yeah. street. Yeah. No, I think they were across the street. Yeah. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like Terrell Owens' dad really was his neighbor. Yeah. And nobody ever told him. Yeah. That is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. That that's another thing when it comes to like families and stuff, is just like how the secrets that we keep. Yeah. There's and every family's got a fucking secret. Yeah, Everyone. you know, like certain people, um, and I don't want to put nobody out there, but you know, a lot of times it'd be cases where Somebody will find out somebody's not their real dad or yeah. something like that. And that'd be heart wrenching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it usually happened in an argument. They'd mm-hmm. be like, and that's why your daddy left you. He'd be uh, like, wait a minute. I but thought she was my dad. I thought you were my dad. <laughs> and like, son, we need to talk. <laughs> God damn. All of a sudden, Maury pop out the bushes. Maury be like, 
When it comes to 12-month-old <laughs> Tynesha. <laughs> Tynesha. Don Quell, <laughs> you are not the father. You'd be like, God. The, I'm just glad I look like my dad. Right. And, and you as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know out here in these streets. That milk, the milkman got good dick. <laughs> <laughs> milkman be like, you want this cum? <laughs> I mean milk? <laughs> God dang. You want this whole milk? <laughs> you want this whole thing? <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy, bro. I, I remember it was a the, the funniest episode of Mori I ever seen, which is so fucked up. It was a it was a, a paternity test, and it was this white guy, right? And it was this white chick. And they were doing a paternity test, and they showed the baby, right? It was black. The baby was fucking black. Of course. The baby was Moria black. Was trash, bro. And, and, then, and it was like, when it comes to the lie, no. When it comes to the, and he did a lie detector test. It was a paternity test and, and a lie de- 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 mm-hmm. a detector test. Mm-hmm. And it said, um, when it comes to two month old uh, Brandon, uh, Bob, and it wasn't even like any theatrics. Usually he makes him wait. Like, yeah, you are like he didn't do that with this one. He said, you are not the father. <laughs> like, duh, like duh, motherfucker. <laughs> and then it says. <laughs> when, all right. When it comes to Peggy, Peggy said that she did not sleep with the neighbor. Lie detector test determined that was a lie. In fact, she slept with him five times. Wow. Um, when it also comes to the other neighbor, she said she didn't sleep with him. Lie detector test determined that was a lie. In fact, she slept with him more than 100 times. You'd be like, God damn, man. <laughs> what kind of woman do you got? You know, the, the worst ones is the uh, the trans ones. Or what would it be like? I got something I need to tell you. No shit. I'm actually a man, and then they be devastated. It's like you know, you know, because it's what it is. Is it's not even like the transition is not um, sufficient enough. Yet. Yeah, the transition is still in its beginning stages, where you know, still sounds like me. Yeah, before more like a woman. Yeah. right? and it's like, you know, I love you, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I know you love me. Yeah, of course. What? Just tell me anything. Just tell me anything. Yeah. What's going on? And it usually be like some computer nerd or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, tell me what's going on, Jessica. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love was, you. You can tell me anything. I was actually born a man. And then it'd be like, <laughs> like I, I don't wonder why would you lie to me? Nah, it'd be like, it'd be like, yeah, you, you can just tell me anything. Tell, tell me anything, babe. I love you. Yeah. My dick is actually bigger than yours. <laughs> 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 That's fine. Just you know, that's all you gotta tell me. It's okay. <laughs> the craziest was when they'd be really accepting of it. They'd be like, sure. "Yeah, it's okay. I love you still. It doesn't yeah. matter. I love yeah. you in any shape or form." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get canceled, man. <laughs> People cannot take jokes. I have my my boys don't want to do it, so I I'll just say it here. Um, we were uh, was rolling on the freeway, and I was like, "Yo, you know what would be funny?" Um, doing a parody of Beyond Scared Straight, but they're scaring gay people straight. Oh, and we went on a whole rant. It's it's it, we'll probably never do it because you know everybody's afraid to get canceled. But yeah. it, it was it was one of it. I was really crying in the car because we were saying all kind of crazy. stuff. I think that if we <clears throat> if we want to live in a world where first of all I think uh, homophobia and transphobia and stuff that's just lame. But I think we could live in a world where you are including gay and trans people into the fucking jokes. Yeah. Like everyone else. There are black jokes. There are white jokes. There are Asian jokes. There yeah. are every joke. You cannot exclude trans and gay people from fucking jokes. You cannot. That is not a world that I do not want to live in. I do not want to live in that world. 
we, we talked about it too as far as like being comedians right um and when it comes to being offensive you just have to the funny has to be more than the offense the, yes so um like Louis C.K. said nigger in a freaking yeah. joke. And yeah. it was actually a good joke. Right. I it, it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, man, this is a good joke, but he yeah. shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, he shouldn't be saying the N-word. But yeah. the thing about it is, is if you frame it in such a way where the joke is funny and you laugh, you can't turn around and say, that's a bad joke. Because yeah. you already laughed, motherfucker. It was a funny joke. Yeah. Period. And mm-hmm. there's going to be some black people listening to the podcast like, man, they didn't keep, they didn't sold their souls. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, they allowed Takashi Six Nine to run around and say "nigga" all day. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know where we went with that one. Uh. Yeah, we went way off, but I guess it makes sense. Um, <laughs> switching gears. There was recently a interview with uh, Barack Obama in the Breakfast Club, and all of a sudden, Angela 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 Yee decided to come out of her basement and actually go to a wow. real interview. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like some people let this COVID shit scare them way too much. I, I I don't want to tell anybody how they should react, but in the name of content, I don't mind catching COVID. I come to this I come to the studio every week, you know, and I don't give a fuck. Like if I caught COVID from being in here with Keith, then guess what? I did. I got COVID doing what I love doing. You know, I like yeah. being around people who are worth the COVID virus or coronavirus. Yeah, or whatever yeah, the, for sure. Whatever the fuck they call it these days. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, um. Basically, the interview with Barack, they asked some questions, and Charlemagne kind of pressed him a little bit. But it was really cool. Um. One of the questions they asked Barack Obama is about the black community, because a lot of black people said that, you know, Barack didn't do. They felt he didn't do enough for the black community. And Barack, he kind of had the politically correct answer at the beginning, and then he answered it really good at the end. Basically, what he said was like, you know, you have to be the president for all people, you know, but, you know, I I focus on things that disproportionately disproportionately affected black people and disenfranchised black people. And I have the numbers to back up that I did help black folks. Right. Um, And Charlemagne made a great point. He said, so these systems that were put in place, such as redlining and 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 x and y that exclusively affected black family black families and black people why can't there be something to um retroactively exclusively help black people that was a great fucking question Mm -hmm. great question but with with that question he kind of um tiptoed around it but he did say in eight years you can't undo something that took 200 Mm -hmm. that was a great response also yeah there was a, uh, uh, it was a, I think it was a good dialogue. I think yeah. um, he was able to let his shoulders down now that he's not in office anymore. And right. I, I want to check out his book. Um, I probably won't have time to read it, read it, but uh, hopefully there's an audio, audio version that comes out right. um, along with that. But um, to me, uh, I, I understand Charlemagne's tone to a certain extent. As far as like him speaking for, because he's he's going, he's the only person that's going to ask those kind of questions right. in the on the Breakfast Club. So I think it, it it is important to get that dialogue. Right. But also, I I feel like um, he was he he started out asking questions for the 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 extreme black folks, right, and then started to like almost believe 
these like extreme extremists you know what i mean right, you know right, he has right. a lot of like muslim guys on there um i can't think of any of the guys names any any in right now but you know the ones that get on the breakfast club and they talk really loud and then they disrespect yeah. obama and they do all the whole oh, the night. muslim guys yeah M- Muslim Malik oh my gosh <laughs> 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 sounded I was that was a sound that wasn't even a name that wasn't even a name <laughs> oh, man. it's usually uh it's like a Muhammad I think yeah. it was I think it was is it Elijah not Elijah Muhammad that's uh the prophet the prophet yeah, yeah. I'm trying but, to think of who it was there was a guy that was on there too yeah it was a few guys but there's a guy there's a few guys that they have on the breakfast club and they mm-hmm. get on there and they say Barack Obama didn't do anything and he enabled the black community and all these kind of things right mm-hmm. um so I felt like Charlemagne started to adopt that in the tone of his questions like they it went from being one of those things where he was like hey like you know well, what do you say about people saying you didn't do anything for the black community? And then it started to become a thing where he was asking the questions by way of other people, but it felt like he really wanted to know them, yeah, those things himself. hundred um, percent. And he was just kind of using that as like this passive aggressive way to ask Barack Obama, like, Hey, what'd you do for the black yeah, community? He started really going in, like trying yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but I felt like, I feel like that tone is, is, is kind of lame in a sense. Um, because like you, like Barack Obama said, he had, he had facts to support, you know, what he actually did. Right. And as far as like the, this idea that, um, why didn't the first black president do things only for the black community? Like you that, can't, you can't do that. That's, that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, you um, can. because that's just not how the judicial, I mean, not how ju- our democracy works. Yeah. It's just not how democracy works. And then also like, um, realistically, and this may sound kind of um, weird to say, but we only make up 13% of the population. 100%. Right? So for, if you think that the first black president could come into, you know, the Oval Office and be like, we're going to do this, 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 and this for, for 13% of the population, when you're the president of 100% of the population, right. like that, like you, you just like, it's just wishful thinking, right? It's, right exactly. There. You're like, you're just a glass half full kind of person. Right. But I felt like the, the one of the greatest things he was saying was this idea of like, I helped black people but I also helped America. I think yeah. that's what he was trying to yeah. get across. Like, of course I am aware that black people are disproportionately affected by all these sort of things. So what I did was I gave black people insurance and right. I, you know, I, you know, afforded black people certain opportunities, but I also helped poor white people. I also you help, go. you know, you know, um, Hispanic people I also help, you know, maybe Asians that are in poverty as well. So. Think about this. If you only focus on, you know, <clears throat> let's say you, you only focus on black people, right? Which are 13%. And basically black people were your base, right? You're focusing on your base. Guess who you would be? Who is that? You'd be Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It what basically what Donald Trump proved that he didn't, he really didn't care too much by anybody but his base. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you're a black man and the president of the United States and you emphasize predominantly on the black community, then you basically that's all the fuck you give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. So you can't be somebody that plays that way when you get in when you get in office. Of course, I think it's it's important to help the black community, not because I'm some biased black guy and I'm a black man, but if you actually understand the history of America, 
black people were disproportionately affected by systemic racism. Yeah. The systems, the systems such as redlining that I've mentioned many times, that is the most egregious and disgusting form of housing discrimination in American history that did not allow black people to acquire wealth. They and I feel like the question that Charlemagne asked was fair in regards to how can we retroactively and exclusively help black people. I think it made sense. But when you're talking to the first black president ever, how how the fuck is he going to get to do that? Yeah. Not to mention, we were not as progressive then when he came in office as we are now. Yeah. So there was a tweet I seen with Kamala Harris talking about helping small businesses and especially small black business, small black businesses, businesses, stimulating them to keep them going. That was a tweet that she had. You wouldn't be able to post something like that fucking in 2008. Yeah. They'd be like, why do you only want to help black people? That's wrong. And one thing he did say, too, is um, kind of going back to that. You can't there's not really a way to um, directly say um, I'm the first black president and I want to pass this law for black people to do this. That's not going to even get this going to get blocked. Exactly. But <laughs> on the opposite end as well, right. when they so, we, you know, we 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 talked about like the new Jim Crow. Right. And essentially the book is about how slavery is still around. It just transformed into, you know, mass incarceration. 100%. You know what I mean? So initially it was, it was slavery and then it went to um, uh, like basically like black people can't vote black people can't mm-hmm. own businesses three-fifths of a per all these sort of things Red and then it tra- yeah and then it transformed and then you know uh you have like just eras of different things that are not technically slavery but it's still it's still slavery yeah um and we've quoted many things i can't think of them off the top of my head right mm-hmm. now but i say that to say that even the white oppressors have found genius ways to articulate slavery, right? Mm. So us as a community and Barack Obama, I felt like he did almost the opposite. Mm. Like maybe he wasn't able to directly say like, hey, I want to do this for black people, but he implemented certain ideas to where that they're going to help people, black people indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. He basically said people who are disproportionately affected by certain things that happen to be black that I was able to help. And I thought that that was genius Mm -hmm. because if you're already getting shit blocked, you can't use that type of language. Yeah. Language is important, too. Like when you say things like I think I think uh, Charlemagne talked about this, which is a pretty genius take. He said when you say things like defund the police, like you got to change the the wording. Mm -hmm. Like they can say like, you know, um, uh, uh, distribute allocation, you know, Equal distribution reallocation. of reallocation mm-hmm. of funds. Don't say defund the police. When you say defund the police, people can't articulate things for themselves. So they say they want to they want to get rid of our police force. Yeah. It's like, no, reallocating funds means more money going into one program than the other, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm sure that the police would actually agree with the defunding of certain things. So police don't got to do 12 fucking jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the wording of things is important. What's the other one? It's defund the police, and it's another one that is that sounds really bad. I can't remember. I think conservatives use it. I'm not sure. God dang it! All right, well, it'll come to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I thought the interview was solid. I thought they asked some really good questions. I don't. I don't think it was politically correct at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I felt like you know some of them had certain questions they were just trying to get their shit off to. Yeah, <laughs> it was Angela. an hour, so it was kind of like yeah, you know, there was. 
you know, DJ Envy always, you, it's funny how you can learn so much about a person based off the questions they ask. Right, right. DJ Envy was asking questions about holding his marriage together and not that that's a yeah. bad thing, but that's yeah. just the tone of his, yeah. his conversation generally. And, um, you know, Angeline, Angeline nasty. So she asked how big his dick was. <laughs> so Mr. President, <laughs> Mr. President, are you packing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh uh, actually, I, 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 I've been known to break some vaginas in my day. They call me Big Dick Barack. <laughs> Big Dick Barack, I'm dead. <laughs> you, 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 you ever heard that song, uh, 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 Bust Down Tatiana? Uh, you, got, you got that from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> I I want to I want to see you bust down. <laughs> that's what my, that's what Michelle said. <laughs> that's comedy. Oh man, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was it was a a, a great interview. The, the the only thing that sucks is Brock is so busy that you you don't get you never gonna get a three hour interview with Brock. Nah, yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be an hour. That was a long one though. That was it was fair. It was like fifty some minutes. But I'm just saying there was still more questions they wanted to ask. Yeah. So you could tell, like, at the end, I was trying to get some stuff off. Barack Obama's brain reminds me of, like, internet in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. when he asks, when he answers questions, it's, like, buffering. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but he'll answer the question. He's yeah, very articulate. It. But it'll be like, well, if you take the, nu- if you take the numbers and, 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 and you multiply it and uh, you, you, you see exactly what it does to the people. <laughs> you, you 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 can come to a conclusion and say that maybe I wasn't helping black folks. But he'd be like, damn. I know Michelle be hot. Like they be in an argument and he'd be like, Michelle, you you didn't give me time to respond to what you were saying. <laughs> She'd be pissed off. Nigga, <laughs> get your stuff and get out of here. Nigga, <laughs> Barack be at the on the on the White House lawn with his luggage. Like, I mean, uh, apparently, um, um, Michelle is disgruntled. Uh, she uh, <laughs> after sex, Barack be like, uh, Michelle, uh, did you you have an uh, an orgasm? Was the uh, did you squirt? The, uh, <laughs> take your uh, plan B. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, Hennessy. That's, <laughs> imagine Michelle like approaching Barack about like some DMs. Um, like yeah. uh, Mich- uh, Michelle. Um, she was just a uh, bust down Tatiana. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that serious. Now Michelle be like, "Why the fuck is Monica Lewinsky inboxing you? Why is she inboxing you?" <laughs> hey, 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 I fucked up. <laughs> her, 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 her head was uh, indubitably great. <laughs> <laughs> he came with some big ass words. <laughs> All right, that's funny. Switching gears, we ain't got too much to say about Barack. All right, um, this is something that's kind of it's kind of funny when you think about it. But me and Keith talked about um, how uh, we tend to, I guess, delegitimize. I don't want to use the incorrect diction, but we delegitimize people based on their situation. You, you want to look it up? Yeah. You go ahead and look that word up. I don't like. I don't want to just be saying stuff. <laughs> 
All right. This is this is Jeopardy. Delegitimized for five hundred. That's funny. I think that is a real word. What does it say? Is it pulling it up? I gotta make that part of my everyday vernacular if it is a word. I'm gonna be overusing it and abusing it if it's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see the the definition, but I remember Keith. I mean, not Keith, but uh, Desmond <laughs> told me something about like a convers. He said conversationalist. Yeah, I was like conversationalist is not a fucking word. He said yes, it is. Yeah, I said no, it's not. And then I looked it up. I was like, fuck, it is a word. Yeah, like uh, conversate is really not a word. Converse. Converse is a yeah. word, not conversate. But people say conversate. Yeah. That's just a word we kind of created. Did, what, yeah. did anything pop up? Yeah, it says withdraw legitimate status or authority from someone or something. Bam. All right. So it's even nigga, when I'm. Nigga smart. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy trying to say big words that don't make sense. Yeah. You know? You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy because you're, you're just trying to make yourself look smarter than what you are. Yeah. And uh, you got a fifth grade education. Anyways, <laughs> um, basically, we tend to delegitimize people because of their status, whether they're poor or they're homeless, or they're on drugs, whatever, right? And those people may be able to have um, good information that can help our lives out, Mm -hmm. right? Let's say, for example, you're a person that's trying to acquire some type of wealth, and you know, you're, you're, you're off on Wall Street somewhere and you're having a conversation with somebody else, and then that person leaves, and then a homeless guy walks up and says, Hey, if you're trying to build your portfolio doing this, you might want to think about this. But when you look at him, you just see a dirty guy with a dirty, dirty suit and a briefcase. But you don't know that back in the 80s, he was on Wall Street and he was making a lot of fucking money. But all you see is a homeless person. This is what we do to a lot of people. You know, people say things like, uh, well, you know, if you're not rich, I don't need any advice from you. If you're not rich, don't give me any advice. And it's like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the biggest losers, not even losers as in being a loser, but people who have lost the most, you know, can help you out. Yeah. Because you have to lose in order to be able to win. Losing is the blueprint for winning. Maybe they just haven't won yet. Also, mm-hmm. that's something people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm right there with you. I think... Um, <clears throat> There was a situation where we, we so we sh- I keep telling guys, but we're shooting this documentary um, for the rap group Second to None, and we were in Vegas, and uh, one of the members he was a little bit he was a little bit tipsy, um, but in in Vegas on on uh, Fremont Street, there's you know people pull up and they be performing and whatnot. So there was this guy that came up and he was rapping, and um, the dude KK and from Second to None, he was trying to give the the uh the rapper some advice and i think he was like i said he was a little bit tipsy but and then the guy has some bodyguards around him um and they kind of like they didn't shoo him away but they kind of like kind of um diffused the situation like he talked to him Mm -hmm. because kk was being a little bit aggressive like he was trying to go up and like talk to the guy that was rapping but all he wanted to tell him was to pull the mic away from his mouth so that you can really hear what they're saying but it was kind of the same situation to where like they probably don't know who he is and not knowing that he got songs with dj quick and you know billboard charting and platinum album all these things right um so you know they may talk to him a certain way like he's just this average guy and not necessarily even take taking heed to what he's saying um when in reality like he knows more than probably anybody walking that strip like the acoustics of right. you know, holding a microphone. Right, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. I just think that we at least hear the people out. 
I mm. think that if they have something constructive to say and you're in that line of business and it makes sense, you'd be like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, have you guys ever thought about using a Zoom, man? And it'd be, you know, like telling me and Keith about some equipment. And then it's like, this guy doesn't look like he's really doing so well in life. Yeah. But then he says something that sparks your brain. Right. Yeah. I think you have to be self-aware to really catch this, though. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is, is when you're out in the world and you keep on just dismissing people, there's those are people that can help you. Don't always you should. And plus, not not to mention, you shouldn't have more respect for the guy in the Lamborghini than the guy that's sleeping on the street. I think if you're a person that works with basic general just morals, you know that you shouldn't be disrespecting someone because they're sleeping on the street. You should be praying for them. Yeah. You should be helping them. And a person that's in a Lamborghini, you shouldn't respect them more or less. And this is what we do. And the reason why we delegitimize people to begin with is based on that. Is that we tend to have less respect for certain people and then we respect others. You have to rid yourself of this. Yeah. Just think about it from a sports aspect. Who are the best coaches that we run into? Generally, it's that athlete that didn't quite make it over the hump. That's a great point. Wow. That's a great point. Yeah. Like the Greg Popoviches, the Phil Jacksons, the Steve Kerr's. All these guys are great coaches, but they weren't weren't the best basketball players. That's a great point. Um, So, you know, with that being said, it it should make you want to listen to these people that aren't as successful even more so because, you know, like a lot of them is they've been through it or – a lot of people have lost a lot of money or, you know, they have failed businesses. So they know like, Hey, you should do this instead, or you should do this instead. Um, it's, it's kind of weird because in that same, in that same, like kind of grouping, like we're in that same grouping as well. Not that, not that we're like, you know, the homeless guy or whatever, but in a sense, (laughs) We are in, yeah. in, 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 in the terms of like, su- yeah, in terms of success in entertainment, right? So somebody may, or we may give some advice to somebody, or I may give some advice to somebody, or I may tell somebody that they should do something, and they may be like, uh, you know, that's cool, or they may have right. a rebuttal. Um, and I feel like I give great advice to a lot of people, but you know, it's sometimes people take it, sometimes people don't. And it's that same effect because, you know, they treat they're they're looking at me for what I am right now and not necessarily like the information that I can give them. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. You, you you talked about a situation where you were given a podcaster advice. I don't know if you want to. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. But mm-hmm. basically, um, I was trying to give I was basically telling this person about, you know, equipment um, and, you know, you know, just little tips that I've picked up coming across it. And they were pretty dismissive of it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wasn't offended by it at all. But I'm thinking like I've been in this. I've done a podcast every week for over two years now. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty I'm pretty knowledgeable. And I'm also a person that um, I'm a legitimate source. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to listen to me, you don't have to. And plus, you could do everything the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's like because I'm not. uh because I'm not Joe Budden, you don't care what I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not um, uh, Andrew Schultz or Charlemagne, you don't yeah. care what I have to say. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. If you actually listened to what's coming out of my mouth and the content on this podcast, you would understand that it's on par with any of these other podcasters, right? But due to the fact that I have not made it and I have not reached this, the pinnacle of success, you just downplay what I'm doing. Someday you won't. 
Someday yeah. you'll look back and be like, man, that guy, Eddie, tried to help me out. Mm-hmm. Now this guy just took off. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, hey, look at uh, Yeah. Man. I feel like, too, like, especially now I'm in this, uh, <clears throat> this, I'm on this journey to just obtain information. And I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot more reading. So, um, what I'm going to start doing is not even giving people advice. I'm just going mm. to start showing people how it's, you know, how it's supposed to be done. Facts. And then if you if you choose to like follow the example or follow the template, then you can do that. But I'm gonna just, you know, stop giving people advice. I'm just going, you know, start putting content out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this the blueprints there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blueprint is set. Yeah. But shout yeah. out to Hove. Yeah. Let's go ahead and switch gears. Uh, switching gears. We'll close it up here. Where we at, man? Uh, two o three. Okay, yeah, we got a little bit of a little bit of time. Um, switching gears. Um, choosing high profile over high value. There was a post I seen that motivated this, and I'll read the post out. It says, "Be careful not to pass up high value for high profile. Usually, high value things and people maintain low profiles." That was an awesome post. If I had a post of the week. That would be it. Mm-hmm. The reason why I thought it was pretty interesting to say that is because we do it all the time, um, and we and it kind of kind of jumps off of what we just talked about a little bit. Yeah. But for example, choosing high profile over high value. Let's use women as an example. The woman sees this guy, right? He's got a Rolex on, really nice car, got a big house, probably owns a business, right? All those things are high profile things. They're not high value things. They may look valuable, but they're valuable from a monetary sense. But your value actually comes from, uh, you know, your soul. Like they come from your personality. They come from um, how you respect people, the things you do. What happens is, is when you gravitate towards people like that, you find out that their value is actually low Mm -hmm. because all the things that represent value are not based in monetary or possessions, but they're based in who a person is. Mm-hmm. Men make the same mistake where they choose high profile. They see the girl, they want that top chick that's hot, got big old titties, you know, it's got a bunch of followers on Instagram, super hot chick, but then they see that her soul is empty. Mm-hmm. All right. And it goes, and it goes beyond just dating and men and women. It goes all the way to what we just talked about right now. Whereas, they choose the high profile podcast, right? That has a bunch of followers or whatever. And it could be like a Jake Paul type of dude. They pay attention to what he says. But then there's other podcasters like me and Keith or anybody else that may actually have substance. Yeah. But they chose that profile, that profile of 8 million followers over the podcast that has 200 followers. Yeah. And this is what we do every day. Like when we when we go to the grocery store and we see off brand cereal, we're like, that's not pops. That's not that's not honey bunches of oats. I'm going to stick with this. Mm-hmm. But if you really took time to try the cereal, you would see that it's comparable or even better than the name brand shit. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Yeah. And, and pretty much most people are guilty of it. I think the more self-aware you become, you start to you start to correct these behaviors. Mm hmm. Because you know that there's something that that's that's that lies beneath the surface. Yeah, I think the 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 first thing that came to mind when we started talking about this was like some of my contemporaries or my peers or my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 
women that, you know, are genuinely in love with some of my friends or, some, you know, some mm-hmm. of the people that I know. But I know my friend on a more personal level. Right, and right. I know the the flaws that they have. 100%. Um, but just because, you know, maybe they, they may have a good job or, right. you know, they may be um, doing things, content creators, podcasters, right. uh, rappers, whatever the case may be. They sticking it out with this person. Yes. Even though they probably have a more um, compatible person out there. Exactly. That may not be where this other person is. Exactly. You know, they may have, you know, maybe they may be a manager at, uh, at Target or Walmart right. or something like that versus the, the rapper or the content creator. Right. But they, they're overlooking that person just because they don't have the same status. There you uh, go. It's just unfortunate um, that we 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 put our stock into perception. That perception, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what it is is when it, in regards to women, they want him. They want this guy because he's super attractive. They want him <laughs> so they can show him off at the Christmas party. Yeah. They want him so they can show them off to their friends and their family. But that guy's value is low. Mm-hmm. It's very low based on the fact that he just looks the part. His profile is high because he's got this masculine look to him, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't have substance. Yeah. Same thing with men where they, they want to use this girl as a trophy girl. You know, they want to show her off and all of this. But she can't do anything for you besides look good. Yeah. And and the biggest issue in just in, in the world in general with men and women is they seek high profile over high value, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, Me and Kiefer were talking earlier. It was basically... I think I brought up the point. Andrew Schultz brought it up, I think, which was pretty dope. Um, he said that the way you look, you didn't work for that. Mm-hmm. Like, but who you are inside, like you worked for that. You know what I mean? Who you are is is, is based on what you've your your acquired experience, mm-hmm. how you perceive the world. <clears throat> These things are what generate value. Yeah. But just looking good or having money, that's just high profile. Mm-hmm. And whoever's listening to this podcast right now, you might want to question yourself. Which one are you? Are you, you are you the person that complains about, you know, how sorry women are? Man, women trash and all this and that. But wait a minute, brother. Are you are you looking at a high profile woman or a high value one? Right. Yeah. It's something to think about. Don't don't yeah. get too comfortable you know, trashing these women saying that they ain't shit and all of this when you are probably chasing high profile, the same as women. You see women complaining all day. Men just don't get it. Yeah. They just this and that. You mean the men that you keep choosing, the high profile ones, the yeah. ones that look good and you could hang out with them, but then they fucking nine other women and you overlook it because you still want that guy. Yeah, I remember in college there was like this. And it's very disrespectful, but there was a lot of like, you know, there's certain non-black women that attract black men. Okay. I, I think you know what I'm getting at. Like they're, Non-black women that they're attract They're probably just um, thicker, oh, you yeah. know, thicker Mexican girls, thicker yeah. white women and stuff oh, yeah, like that. So a lot of niggas, they, they would try to holler yeah, at, big, at bo- them. Big bo- booty Latinas. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. All right, all right. <laughs> but what would happen is because so many niggas would try to holler at them, they would start to get the impression that um, black men only want to have sex with them. Like right. They don't want to have a real relationship. Right. But 
it goes both ways because you're inviting that. There and you not, go. You can't control who like who is attracted to you. That's right. not your fault. Right. But I'm saying when you give a certain type of person the time of day, when you give There you go. Like we we in college, you know, you niggas playing that. football, they right. they young, they ain't trying to be tied down to no female. They just wanna have a lot of sex and have fun and you yeah. know, play football or whatever. So those are the type of, you know, men you're inviting into your life or you're even, you know, giving the time of day to. Um, and that's that, like you said, that high, uh, high profile versus, right. you know, high value person. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. She's also doing the same exact thing that they're doing uh-huh. because she is choosing their profile. Yeah. She's not choosing the, 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 the guy that helped her do homework. That's a really nice guy. Yeah. She's looking at this six foot five football player and she sees the profile. Mm-hmm. This guy is a potential first round draft pick dude. Yeah. And you can't complain about him when he's fucking you because you chose him for the same reason he chose you. He's seen you got a big ass and you chose him because he's a potential NFL player. Like, I feel like they want their cake and eat it, too. You know, right. they want to have the the attractive athletic. Right. It's just like God don't really work like that. No, <laughs> you no. know, what I mean? you only get so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only get so, so much. It's it's only in. You know, I don't know these people personally, but as far as a public perception, mm-hmm. it, you know, these these guys like Steph and, and LeBron, they're in rare air for exactly. to be a, a husband and, you know, not to have any sort of uh, rumors or anything fact based going right. around about the, their name being slandered or anything like that's that's just rare. But what may most likely happen is a guy may be like a seven or six and a half, but he may be a smart, intelligent guy, maybe a good dude and a good husband or potentially good father. Mm -hmm. Um, And he may be like, you know, four, six instead of six, four, but man, it happens. You don't get it all. Look, I don't think, I think this is true for men and women. You don't get all of it. You have some great qualities, but you have some things that are inconvenient. Mm -hmm. You know, you might be a good dude, you know, um, probably or you could you man it's all over the place you might be a handsome dude you might look good and shit but you got a real small dick yeah so you wouldn't bless in the dick department or you might be a short dude funny looking but you got a huge dick so you know that sucks man Mm -hmm. that sucks imagine if you four six but your dick is five six I'm dead. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, yeah, they would never get to enjoy it because they'd be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, he only four six. Uh, uh-uh. yeah, you got to be at least six foot to ride this ride." <laughs> yeah, y'all females, y'all missing out on some good dick. <laughs> <laughs> some four nigga, four six nigga out there slanging it. <laughs> oh man that's crazy yeah if you took anything from this conversation man um because about to close it down mm-hmm. but if you took anything from it be weary of the reason why you're choosing people i'm just saying in general be weary of the reason why you're choosing them is yeah. it is it is it only based on the fact that you know she's you know she's got beautiful skin her tits look amazing she's got a big booty Like, if you're doing that, don't expect more than that. Yeah. Don't expect more than that. If it's not coming from if it's not coming from a substance based reason why you're choosing people, don't ever complain. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. I feel like, you know, just to go along with that, when when we um, and this kind of go this goes 
you know, beyond relationships, but in terms of in terms of a relationship, um, you you almost have to pick and choose what you can settle for. Right. Mm. And so in terms of Good like if a, if, a, if a female is trying to date a dude like, you know, maybe he's not as tall as you want to. But then you have to you have to genuinely, you know, think to yourself or fill in your heart like um, and think logistically like is my man being only five five eight or five seven is that a real deal breaker in the grand ah, scheme of things does that really mean anything right. because a lot of women lead with that and we talked about how yeah. those women on different dating apps and stuff like that that would be like if you ain't six over six feet don't talk to me and i get it if you a female that's like six feet you, right. I mean, you don't want to be that's just kind of awkward you know right. being taller than your man but yeah. if you somebody that's five five and you say i only talk to niggas over six feet then you know what you, you i feel like you already lose yeah you're yeah. only doing it for public perception yeah you want this tall dude that it's you a see. trophy yeah it's a trophy it's yeah. a, it's no different than what men do mm-hmm. you know when they want the chick with huge tits so they can show her off to everybody yeah everybody thinks they're more cool yeah we got as adults and as human beings we have to stop doing this shit it doesn't mean you can't like a chick because she has huge tits mm-hmm. or she had a big booty or whatever it doesn't mean you can't like a guy that's six foot or whatever i don't want to keep beating the same point over the head but just don't expect more mm-hmm. if that's where you if that's how you're choosing people don't expect more from them mm-hmm that's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm you telling deserve. You, like people, people aren't blessed like that. That, nah. you know, the, the most attractive person is, is have, is going to have some flaws, maybe right. not in a physical form, but yeah. in somewhere else they're going to have flaws. So, you know, is it more beneficial for you to have a less attractive woman, but also a woman that's, got her mental health together there and, you go you know, she takes care of herself that's and she's the value a, she's part a, she's a businesswoman or something like that that's the value part yeah those are the real reasons to choose people mm-hmm. yeah and then outside of that like we have to think about it because you know obviously we are aspiring businessmen and women and stuff right. that listen to this podcast and you know we want to own property and stuff like that so we have to start using that and this same idea in in that aspect as well right. like you know for me I have a, a a car that's is kind of beat up right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the the aesthetic of it is whatever. But what it does is it gets me around town. Yeah, really good running jeep, and it's paid off, right. right? And I don't have to worry about nothing, right? But there's other people that may have this, you know, perception, or they they may pick up a Mercedes and they got a car note every month, and they're it's just struggling like, like a motherfucker. Yeah, it's because that. Boo, that's a great point. That's a, that's probably the best point. Mm-hmm. Is you mentioned your car, right? And it, it runs good. It gets you where it needs to go. And, you know, it has a little little bit of damage on the front. But mm-hmm. the thing about it is, is there's a person that will probably try to be like, oh, look at Keith's car, right? But they got a 2020 whatever, and they're struggling with the payments. I know. I know to cut you off. Yeah. I know some, and, you know, we be around a lot of niggas that just be joking a lot. But yeah. I know somebody that will <laughs> say something about my car that doesn't have a car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need a ride for me. Not to mention, I know I make more money than this person. Yeah, that- <laughs> so I'm just saying, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. We we live and die off perception too. That's so yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, just because you know, it, it, this is a funny thing too. 
I don't wear any. I don't wear a whole bunch of brand name stuff. Mm. I don't buy a bunch of bullshit. I know guys that work the same type of jobs as me. That's buying all of this and getting all of that. And it's like people will think you broke because you're not buying that stuff. And it's like I have more important shit to spend my money on. Yeah, that's hilarious. And I mean, no, no one will know unless you know. Right. Like I could. I could, uh, you know, have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I talk to my girl's dad a lot of the times, yeah. and he doesn't live a lavish lifestyle. But when he gets, to, when he start talking about stocks, then you realize it's like okay, it's yeah. levels to this. It's levels to this. Because he'll be like, "Yeah, I did. I sold a thousand shares of this yesterday." And I'm like, I, "I do the math real quick," and I'm like, "Oh, that's like fifteen thousand dollars." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'd be like, it'd be crazy. So that's like the when you start to learn about value, you mm-hmm. know, that's when you start to really open your eyes to what's really valuable. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But the key word of the day is self-awareness. We said this a million times. Mm-hmm. If you're not self-aware, you will never understand what the fuck me and Keith are trying to talk about. Yeah. But that light bulb already went off if you are self-aware. Mm-hmm. So congratulations <laughs> to both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're about to wrap this up, man. We appreciate all that stayed to the very end. What was this like two hours and what? Uh, 20 minutes all right man well appreciate you for sticking around thank you for listening to a trucker's mind podcast i'm eddie mcgee it's your boy k thanks right here peace